For God. For country. For truth. For justice. For the Republic. You're listening to the Powder Monkey Podcast on PirateInfoWars.com. Welcome to episode two of the Powder Monkey Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about um, a topic that is is something that if you grew up in the in the eighties, the seventies, the sixties, you probably can see a a huge contrast between what we are experiencing now and and especially in the in the education system um i have with me uh what i hope to be is uh is going to be a a regular on the uh on the podcast uh he was uh growing up he was one of my my teachers and uh uh, if you ask just about anybody that went to uh, Mount Hope High School uh, it, during that area, during that era, it probably, you know, it, Mark Allen probably uh, would be top of mind um, and among the favorites there. Um, he had a way of uh, interacting with the students and and uh, educating in a way that that people, children could relate to and. Um, I, I thought I would reach out to him because there's several topics I, I would like to uh, to use him as a resource on. Uh, he's kind of like the Bill Nye the Science guy of the Powder Monkey podcast, but I don't want to um, insult him by, by calling him Bill Nye because unlike Bill Nye, he actually is versed in science and has a, uh, has a, has a, has a background uh, in science there, but... And also, he could probably kick Bill Nye's ass uh, pretty quickly as well, but uh, I'm digressing. Uh, Mark, thanks for coming on today. You're welcome. I appreciate it. So, um, you know, we, we were talking recently, and, you know, concerning the difference between where we are today in 2019 and, and where we were when you had me in school in 84. Um, it was the Reagan era. Um and and as a parent now, I can see and and just as somebody who is who is um, you know who who keeps up with the uh, the headlines and and is a news hound, you can kind of see the uh, over time the the way there has been this this creep of socialism into almost every facet of uh, of society. But I, I think maybe none more in uh, than than in the education system. I, I, I forget who said it, but, um, you know, I, I think it was maybe, uh, Hitler with the Hitler youth, um, of how 
you know, if you can control the nation's youth, you basically have have won most of the battle. I'm, that's you know, that's basically I, I that wasn't the quote. So, but um, but yeah, I mean, going into going into education as we were in the eighties. We had, you know, you you didn't have children being sent home because they wore a T-shirt with the American flag on it. Um, you didn't have children being sent home, um, you know, for for being patriotic. And um, you know, since since you've actually spent so much time, I think you said you retired in two thousand nine, which was, and, and then did you do some? Uh, some substituting or anything after that, or was it? No. Okay. I decided I didn't had enough of that. Okay, but you um you basically I mean you were in the first year basically of the Obama administration um, when yes I was still teaching. Now, as far as that goes, um, you know I, I I think if you could look at one point where everything started to swing more to a, a socialist. Um, philosophy and and everything like that. Um, you know, would you say that that's about when socialism started to uh, to actually maybe maybe not begin to? I, I know that you know that uh, the colleges and things like that for for years. There's been a uh, you know there, there's been more of a, a liberal mindset, but you know you, you've never had uh, to the point I, I think that we've gotten to now where you know. The children are, are basically all, all the teachers are are crazy socialists. I mean, am I wrong in that in in that aspect? Well, I, I would say this. I think the turning point in American history was 1962. I remember it well. I was born in '53, and when I was growing up, I, we had to live with my grandmother Allen until I was halfway through the fifth grade because my dad didn't make much money as a teacher for the Hardy County school system. And so we lived with her. And uh, when I was growing up, you showed respect for your neighbors. And it's yes, sir, no, sir. I ran errands as a kid for a nickel. You know, a piece of bubble gum, you get two pieces for a penny when I was growing up. And I remember in 1962 that a woman named Madeline O'Hare filed a lawsuit against the school system because they had prayer in elementary school when she walked in one day and uh, watched the children say prayer. Her son, her oldest son, was one of them. It infuriated her because she was an atheist. Mm -hmm. And her lawsuit went all the way to the United States Supreme Court and nine justices ruled, I believe it was five to four, that you could not uh, pray in the American public schools. And one year later, a second lawsuit came before the U.S. Supreme Court in 1963, and uh, the justices ruled that you could not read the Bible in the American public schools, which proves that nine black robes geniuses do not make. Right. And it was at that time that I believe you saw deterioration within the moral fabric of the United States. And it was not long after that that John F. Kennedy was assassinated in 1963, December 22nd. And uh, I remember those things well. I know where I was at. 
And uh, I remember thinking as the news came out that uh, Lyndon Johnson probably was behind that assassination, along with J. Edgar Hoover. They were parties to it. And I think history will bear me out that I'm correct in my assessment. But moving forward, uh, I'd say the that was a key point in history, American history, where the social and moral fabric of America began to deteriorate. And earlier you said, you mentioned schools, the heart of the entire socialist program for the United States of America, and not just in Germany under Hitler and Stalin and Russia, and not just, uh, and even in China, uh, um, President Xi, but in the United States, the heart of the socialist movement is the American public school system. That's the machine that allows them to succeed or fail. And back in the <clears throat> back in the mid sixties, the secular progressives is what they were called, which is another fancy name for socialist. Right. These people are secular humanists. They do not believe in God. They reject the Bible. They reject Jesus Christ. Uh, they reject their founding fathers and the principles upon which this nation was built. They feel that America is like the uh, radical Islamists call us the great Satan. Right. And they hate our constitution. They hate our military. And they feel we should apologize to the world. And their goal is to destroy the economic capitalistic system that has made America great. Capitalism works every time it's been tried. Every mm-hmm. time. The people get a better standard of living, health care improves, wages go up, education improves, and lifestyles improve and get easier in a capitalist system. And so they must destroy that. And in order to destroy that system and bring America down, it starts in our public schools and in our universities. So that was their agenda. We need more liberal socialist teachers in our public schools. We need more liberal professors in our universities. And so the agenda began. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's like a frog in a pan of water and you slowly raise the temperature slowly over a period of hours. The frog doesn't realize it's cooking. Right. And uh, when I was in high school, you know, the worst thing I could do in high school other than get in a fight in a classroom, which I had several of those, was to get caught chewing gum or skipping school, or going into the bathroom and smoking. That was a big no-no. Smoking in the boys' room. And when I began teaching at Mount Hope in 1976, I was shocked, because I went through uh, college surrounded by people smoking marijuana. LSD was a really big thing when I was in college. And I was one of a handful that didn't smoke pot. I did not use LSD. I didn't use any drugs. I like to drink my beer. I've been drinking since I was about 13 years old. Been running. Since I was so successful as a teacher, is when I started teaching at Mount Hope and I saw the poverty and the, the kids from such poor families from Killsite and Pat's Brains and Thurman and Thayer, I could relate to these kids because I knew what it was not to have a lot growing up. My parents weren't poor. My parents said, son, if you want something, go out and work and save your money and buy it and take care of it. 
And when I was six years old, I was shoveling snow for money. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was out running errands when I was five years old. And that's the way my parents raised me, to be honest. Don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. Work hard and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, was I perfect? No, like I said, I was in hundreds, probably a couple hundred fights growing up. And I was uh, in, in some other things. But I could relate to these kids. And yes, I was in mixed martial arts for five years myself. And I could take care of myself. But when I started teaching, it was an eye-opener. Mm-hmm. And I could relate to the kids. I knew some of them, the meanest ones, probably had rough family lives. They probably got up in the morning and had parents cussing. And they were sleeping off a drunk from the previous night. A lot of the kids were in one-parent families. A lot of the kids were being raised by grandma because mom and dad didn't want anything to do with those kids. Yep. And I was slow to lose my temper, slow to suspend. A, a kid had to do a lot to get me mad to where I would actually kick him out of my class and suspend him or take a paddle to him. Back then, we could paddle. And I'd hit him one time. Once was usually enough because I was pretty strong back in those days. And uh, I earned the respect because many years later, a lot of the kids would come up to me as adults and shake my hand and say, Mr. Allen, remember those times you took that paddle to me? I said, yeah. I said, you know, is there going to be a problem? And they'd say, no, sir. I said, I respect you for it. I said, I needed it, and I, I want to shake your hand. I thank you. You're a good teacher. But I saw and watched socialism creeping into the schools. And when I got out of college, I was shocked when I began teaching because marijuana was at the middle school and little sixth graders were out in the lunch ground smoking, sixth and seventh graders being sold right there at school. Yep. I, I remember, I'm going to, I'm going to hop in here. And, uh, I remember you, uh, you saying, uh, one time, and I'm not going to say the name of the guy, but, uh, you probably remember the guy, but, uh, you said, uh, let me see your fingers. And, uh, I held my hand out and you said, if you ever notice, and I'm, again, I'm not going to say his, he, he said, look at that guy's fingers. He said, you, you said, they're all they're all yellow and orange where he's where he's uh, where he's smoking dope, <laughs> and and that guy you know to to be fair I mean where he's at now I I, I don't know but uh, oh I know who you're talking about he's in prison okay. up in Wheeling now okay <laughs> he's accomplished absolutely nothing in his life right he's never even held a job yeah I've, he, he, he's probably fifty now and in, is in prison for life for murder the last time I saw him uh, he couldn't form a sentence yeah. He he could not form an actual sentence. That was that was the point. And you know, I mean, uh, again, that's that's the thing. I mean, uh, the you know one one of the biggest thing was the destruction of the family unit. In addition to socialism, it was sort of a catalyst. But I'll let you get back into it. I just I remember that. And uh, another buddy of mine, we we were uh, that 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 you. Uh, uh, John, we were talking about that. John Williamson, we were talking about that the other day, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, we kind of chuckled about that. Uh, but I'll let you get back into it. I just thought well, anyway, that it. was the grand scheme of the socialist, and the socialist party, the socialist moved into the Democrat Party. Uh-huh. They took it over gradually, and uh, you know the the Democrats of the 1960s would be considered. A very conservative by today's standards. They'd be considered hard right by yes, today's sir. standards. And uh, so the, the uh, secular progressives or the socialists, same thing, moved into the Democrat Party. That was their new home. And they said, first, we take over the public schools and get more and more teachers that are liberal and have socialist beliefs into the classroom. 
and they'll preach this to the kids. But before we can do that, we got to get prayer out of the schools and the Bibles. That will Madeline O'Hare and somebody else succeeded in doing that. So they said, make hay while the sun shines. And they moved forward with their agenda. And as they did, they got into the colleges and universities to the point today, you go to Harvard University and Yale, these institutions were based upon the Bible and Christian teachings with Christian professors. Today, it's the exact opposite. It's 180 degrees. Today, these are left-wing liberal meccas. And uh, large portions of the faculty are left-wing liberal socialists and communists. And it's considered the norm. And if you go and you say, well, you know, you're conservative Christian and you get hired by these leading universities and you espouse your belief in a classroom of students or in the faculty lounge, you're not going to become tenured and you'd be lucky if you finish the year. You know what blows my mind? What's that? Not just the, not just the left-wing socialists in the faculty, but actual terrorists like Bill Ayers. Yeah. The Weather Underground. Yeah. I, 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 you know, that blew my mind. when I, I mean, it's been a few years now, but that blew my mind when Bill Ayers, you know, it, it just, it, it, and I, I think it speaks to where, you know, I guess the mindset. Uh, I mean, how, how can you, somebody who sent bombs to police yeah. stations, and got off of not going to prison because of a legal technicality. Right. He walked, and he had a girlfriend that blew herself up accidentally making a bomb. And here he is now, a professor, and he's held at the highest esteem. He's oh, yeah. He's a hero and a role model to the Democrat Party. Buddy to Barry Satoro. Yeah. <laughs> and I know people that listen to this broadcast say, well, man, you're anti-Democrat party. Yes, I am. But what will shock you is I'm still registered Democrat. I need to go to the Republican Party, but I've stayed in the Democrat Party because it pisses my liberal teaching friends off. They want me out of it. And I say, no, I'll stay in because in the uh, primary elections in this county, the majority of the candidates are Democrat. Vote them out. And I want to vote them out of office. Then in the general election, I I always vote almost straight Republican ticket. And I say, I don't really look at the party. I look at the candidates. Right. What are What's their history and what do they do? I don't give a damn about party affiliation. It's just most of the crooks and liars are on the Democrat side of the ticket. Now, there are Republicans that are liars and thieves too, and I don't vote for them either. But I look at the history of the candidates. I, I educate myself, and I, I vote for the most Christian, the most conservative, the most honest that I can find, which lately is becoming less and less. Right. And that's what I do. But going back to the uh, liberals and the Democrat Party, they say, well, we cannot allow the Bible and prayer to, to creep back into our schools. We need to put evolution in all the science textbooks. We need to shove it down the throats of these kids that evolution is a fact, which it's not. Evolution no. is nothing more than a fairy tale for adults, which we can talk about that in a different broadcast. Sure. And I can prove that. Right. But as we move forward... When I got to college, a lot of my professors were very liberal. And uh, I picked up on it. I didn't have the knowledge to debate any of them or defend myself. It's like apologetics and defending the scripture. My knowledge back when I was 20 years old on the Bible and the government, the Constitution, was, was amateur at the very best. So I didn't go out looking for fights and arguments for these peoples. I just simply said, you know, we all have free will. If they want to go through life being a jackass, let them. But, you know, I worship God, 
I don't shove it down anybody's throat. And I don't discriminate against anybody. God knows my soul. He knows everybody's minds and thoughts. Right. And as, as I got into teaching, I discovered, it took me a few years to figure it out, but I discovered that more and more of the teachers I worked with, a lot of them were hardworking uh, Christian people that loved God, that went to church. But I saw that there were more and more younger people coming in that were young like me that, that had a whole different outlook on life. And they were very liberal and carefree in their philosophies, and they believed in evolution. They didn't believe in God. They didn't believe in Jesus Christ. Well, I thought, well, they have free will. They can believe what they want. That's their choice. Mm-hmm. And as I got older and older, and I got married and I settled down, and I transferred to uh, uh, Valley High School and got down there, uh, it, again, it was another eye-opener. I've never, never saw so many drugs and so many kids high on drugs and so many teachers out here not caring <coughs> and several teachers whose names I won't mention that taught there. Several of them had, had affairs with some of the uh, boys at that high school mm-hmm. I was told about later. And uh, some of the teachers were smoking pot on the weekends and having parties with these kids. And, I, you know, and the same teachers, some of them actually criticized and ridiculed me behind my back because I espoused Christianity and God to my students and not doing the drugs. And the kids would sit there and snicker in life. And later, some of them privately told me, the reason we snicker, Mr. Brown, is there's teachers on this faculty that party with us on weekends in their homes, and we smoke pot with them, mm-hmm. and we do drugs. And some of these <coughs> boys have had sexual relations with some of the women on this faculty. Totally blew me away. And uh, I thought, you know, this country's really going downhill, and Obama shows up. And I noticed, and, I, and when Bill Clinton was president, it took me, I didn't know who he was. I knew nothing about the Clintons. It took me about a year and a half and I started looking into them, and what I discovered shocked me. And I started letting some of my teaching friends know about Bill and Hillary Clinton and how what a threat they were. I was mocked. I was laughed at. I was the brunt of jokes <coughs> with uh, the faculty and some of the kids. And he got his second term, and I warned him. I told him, the man's a traitor. His wife's a communist. They're a clear and present danger to this country. And God only knows what they've sold to the Chinese and the Russians. Oh, yeah. And, I, and that all they made fun of me, then years later we find out I was right. And then years later, no one likes Hillary and Bill Clinton. It's nationwide. Well, guess what? Welcome to the club. I was there ahead of you back in the mid-'90s. And then Obama shows up. I don't know anything about him. Then I try to find out, and it, the, the information is suppressed. That raised red flags immediately with me. Why would the national news media want to suppress anything about this guy? So I kept digging, and then I found out. And I, I found out information, and I let my, my teacher friends know. I said, this man is a closet communist, and he's a closet uh, radical Muslim. And I said, I'm betting he's a Shiite Muslim. And they laughed at me and made fun of me. And I said, you know what? In this life, one thing I've learned, a lot, not all teachers, but a lot of teachers think because they have a piece of paper that says, I'm an educator, then they know everything there is to know about everything, and they're smart than anybody else. And I found out 
from my years of selling insurance mm-hmm. as a salesman in the evenings while I taught school during the day, some of the, the most uneducated people I've ever worked with were teachers, educators. They didn't know the first thing about insurance. They didn't know the first thing about stocks and bonds and mutual funds and investments. They didn't know the, they didn't know anything most of not all but most didn't know anything about the Bible. They didn't know anything about business. They simply knew whatever was in a book in front of them, and that's what they repeated to the kids every day, every semester, for 30-plus years before they retired. And I wouldn't like it. I wanted to learn more and more and more and broaden my horizons and learn more. And I've learned a lot in this life, and I have a lot of skills. Besides being a retired educator, I have two successful businesses. I'm a successful photographer, and I've studied Scripture, and apologetics and eschatology are two of my hobbies. And now I can defend the Bible and the scripture. And I can, I can stand up to people who want to push evolution off on the kids. And I can correct them and show where they're 100% wrong without bringing a Bible into it. Scientifically, I can show them with scientific evidence that they're wrong. And this infuriates people. I got into a, a debate one day. I was the uh, presidential awardee for science. Uh, I got it from President Ronald Reagan in 1987. I was invited to Parkersburg to be the keynote speaker for the state science convention. And after I gave my speech, I went to a classroom to do my presentation on astrophotography. And the person before me was a professor from Athens College, a real nice gentleman. He spent an hour trashing the Bible and creationists and endorsing evolution. He went on and on. There were seven of us sitting there. And when we're done, not one science teacher in the group challenged this man. Right, And I raised my hand, and I was polite and respectful, and I challenged him, and I gave him example after example after example scientific facts showing evolution could never have happened, it was wrong, that everything he had said for the past hour was incorrect. I was the first person to ever challenge him, I could tell. He was excited. And he came up later and said, I can't believe you, you talk about God in a public school classroom, and a Catholic teacher in a Catholic high school in the Charleston area, he said, it's against the law to talk about God in the classroom. And I looked at her and I said, that's absolutely not true. I said, you can talk about God in the Bible in the classroom, but you can't force the religion off on anybody. Right. And he says, well, I can't believe you. you're the science awardee. <laughs> you got the highest honor in the United States of America for a science teacher. And you're a Christian. I don't understand it. I said, oh, is that, is that award reserved only for atheists and agnostics? Well, no, that's not what I'm saying. I said, then what do you mean? Well, you talk about God around your kids. I don't know any science teacher does that. I said, you know, if more teachers would, we wouldn't have as many problems in America that we have today. And he goes, well, you're the most interesting person I think I've ever talked to. And he says, I want you to know I have scientific journals in my office. I'll Xerox for you from leading researchers of research showing that evolution is true. In fact, they have evidence now that we humans evolved from a species of seaweed. And everybody got quiet. And I looked at him. I said, what did you say? And he repeated it. I said, Professor, it takes more faith to believe in your statement than it does to believe in God. And when I left that meeting and went home, I picked my wife up. And as I was going home, my wife says, I knew you'd get in trouble. I knew you couldn't be quiet. I knew it. I said, no. (laughs) I'll tell you what's going to happen. Next week, I'm going to get a big brown envelope. It's going to weigh about six pounds of Xerox copies of science journal articles 
on Pro Evolution from this guy. And it was Thursday the following week. Great big brown envelope. It weighed about seven and a half pounds. And I opened it up and there it was. And I just walked over and dropped it in, in the trash. Back then, that was probably the equivalent of today's copy and paste in a, uh, a link to oh, an yeah. article. Okay. So, you know, and then finally, when I was ready to retire, most of the teachers that I was friends with, a lot of them were left-wing socialists. They they preached to the kids. They preached Democrat Party, you need to register Democrat. And one day, and your listeners might get a kick out of this, I don't know, but one day... I had a, we had like three social studies teachers, and one of them came to me privately. He says, Mr. Allen, he goes, Mr. So-and-so comes over here every semester to register these kids to vote. And he said, he was upset a little bit ago. He said, he was in my room, and he says, you know, every high school in Fayette County, when I register these kids, they register five, or register for Democrat for every one that registers Republican. And he goes, I don't understand. He goes, in this school... It's the opposite, five Republican forever Democrat, and I can't figure out why. And the guy looked at me and said, Mark, <coughs> you're having a hell of an impact on the student body in this school. I said, I want to tell you something. If you don't tell kids how to think, I said, if you present the truth to them, they can connect the dots and think for themselves. I said, when, when, when they started the Democrat club down here, when Obama was running for his first term, Mm-hmm. Another socialist teacher started. He was bad mouthing me, bad mouthing Republicans, and Rush Limbaugh, and on and on. He went in that class because he had a bunch of little kids in front of him, little minds full of mush, and he was safe in his little world. But they would come to me and say, Mr. Allen, he's down there talking about you, and I like I said, Well, I said, You know, I don't really care. Well, one day some seniors came to me, and they said, Mr. Allen, there's about 25 of them. It's lunchtime, the room was full. So, Mr. Allen, would you please explain to us the difference between a conservative and a liberal? So I walked up to the chalkboard, and I did one of my classic lessons, a five-minute lesson. I drew two big circles on my dry erase board, and I labeled the left one A and the right one B. I said, this is Allen A, this is Allen B. I'm going to describe to this class what kind of government each one has and what they believe in, and then you're going to tell me which Allen you want to live on. I said, Allen A believes in higher and higher taxes. Alan A. constantly, the government constantly raises your taxes. They believe in a weak military. They hate the military, but they know we got to have it. So it's underfunded, underpaid. I said they like social welfare programs. They feel if you want to sit at home on your ass and not work, the government should pay you a monthly check. And they also believe in giving you free food, free housing, clothing. They believe you should have free uh, care and supplies for your babies. If you want to get pregnant by multiple times and not, you don't have the money, we're going to give it to you. Now, that nothing's free. The money comes from us working folk on the right. island that have jobs. They tax us to death and take it and give it away to these other people. And I said, that's Island A. Island B is, is an island that believes in personal responsibility. They don't want bigger and bigger government. They want smaller government. They don't want the government interfering in the private sector and your private life like Alan A. They don't want the government coming in with all these rules and regulations and making it hard for you to make a living. Alan B. says, you're free. You have liberty. We want you to start businesses, hire people. We don't want to overtax you. We believe in smaller taxes, smaller government, individual freedom and responsibility. We believe in a strong military, a well-equipped military, a well-paid military. I said, now... 
and Allen B has a small welfare system for those people who are handicapped physically or mentally and can't work. We have a program set up to help give them money and housing for the ones that qualify for it. It's not a free ticket. I said, now how many of you want to live on Allen A? I had five hands go up. I said, who wants to live on Allen B? And I had like 20 hands go up. Right. I said, who's not sure? It's like two kids. Those are your moderates. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, Allen A is a Democrat, Allen. Democrat Party, Allen. Allen B is a Republican. And the whole class went, oh, we get it. Now we understand. And from that point forward, the kids started registering Republican over Democrat for the remaining three or four years I taught. I was interviewed by a a salon contributor um, for a magazine called... uh, 100 Days in Appalachia. And um, one of the things she asked me was how I felt about being called far right or alt right. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the big things, too, is, is that, you know, and my response to her, I guess, first of all, was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not alt right. What is alt right? And, you know, I, I they've made a straw man out of conservatives yep to be um to be seen as if 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 you say you're a conservative then automatically you're racist you're um you know you're you you, you just I, I could run the game but I'm, and i'm not even going to go that but but you're demonized from the bat you're you're discredited immediately because the liberal media has pushed that you know all right are all right um you know the uh, it's you know it's it, it's just uh, social media. You know everybody is you know it's far right or right or conservative is now considered Nazi, and you know that it, it just it, it's. Well, if amazing. you look at history, Adolf Hitler was a socialist. He wasn't a conservative. He was a socialist. Well, that's he what belonged Nazis, to the socialist yeah, yeah. group in, in Germany. So that's complete backwards. Exactly. And you know what it is, is these Democrats and the news media realize they've had 55, 60 years now of dumbing down the public schools, of filling the schools with liberals and socialists and our universities. And now they've reached a point in our history where the average adult that's between the ages of 20 and 50 were never taught the Constitution. They were never taught American history. They were never given a proper foundation in science. And they know they're talking to people that are low-information people. And so they go out here and tell these lies all the time. And if you hear a lie enough times over and over and over and over and over in our news media, our national fake news media, I call and my college professors, you know, I mean, you go to college, you say, well, that professor said this, that must be gospel. Right. You know, he's God. Right. And, and uh, they believe this stuff, and then they repeat it to their friends and to their children, and now the Democrat Party, the Socialists, are celebrating this. And when I saw Obama, like I said earlier, I I warned the teachers of what he was. They mocked, made fun of me. Then he got into office, and I said, he's going to damage and hurt this country like you won't believe. They laughed at me in the hallway where I was teaching and told me I was full of crap and all this. And it wasn't a year later we had Obamacare, Oh, yeah. And they saw what was happening to the country. And finally, he finished his first term. 
And these teachers had Obama bumper stickers all over their uh, bumpers on their cars. And I went out in the parking lot and only one person had that Obama sticker on his car. And that was that one social studies teacher. Right. He probably still has it to this day. The rest of them took them off. And <clears throat> most of them said, we're not voting for him the second term. I said, the damage is done. I said, you know, you voted for him because one, you wanted to brag and say, I voted for the first black president. Mm-hmm. Two, well, the teachers union said to vote for him. Three, the Charleston Gazette newspaper said vote for him. And what'd you do? You can't think for yourself. You went out and did what the damn union, like robots, You my number robots, you did what they said instead of thinking for yourself, and you mocked me. I said, well, guess what? Who was right? Mr. Allen, you were right. And we're sorry, which is rare you get an apology. Right. You were right. And look what he did to this country. And I warned him about Hillary Clinton. And the women were the ones that became really agitated and visceral about her. Oh. Because yeah. they loved that woman. Then all of a sudden, as I was about ready to retire, I watched everything come full circle, and they didn't like Hillary. They finally woke up to her, and then I retired. So, yeah, Obama hurt this country, <clears throat> and if you if you say that in public, the first thing they'll do, well, you're a racist. Yeah. You're a bigot. Yeah. You're a flat earther. You're a hom- homophobe. You probably listened to Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity. <laughs> That's what they'll say. You know what? You're an idiot. These people are idiots. They're uninformed. And they're too lazy to get informed. And that's part of the socialist agenda. Take over the schools first, put evolution in all the books, and then take over the news media. I want to, I want to touch on the news media just a little bit more. Now, I, I have a term that I've coined, and it's mockingbird media. Because, and I, I want to get your opinion on this. Uh, do you think, I, I mean, I, I know that there's a lot of liberal presence in the media, but how weaponized do you think it was? How I mean, how much propaganda do you think was not just not just because somebody had that philosophy and they wanted to push it, but how weaponized do you think the media is? Because if you look at the, I mean, even in uh, let's see, he he was in two thousand eight, two thousand seven. Everybody didn't hate each other. We weren't calling each other racist. This is true. And Nazis, um, and and so and and we know now Frank Marshall Davis, right? Dreams from my real father, um, Frank Marshall Davis, uh, Chicago organizer, right? Um, Everything so, centers around Chicago. Yes, it California. does. California, and and I'm going to touch on something here later on about we actually have it here in West Virginia. The West Virginia Citizens Actions Action Group is actually headed up by a man who from Texas but he was a he was you know he he was a an or, you know a political activist in Chicago Solinsky type clean water action type and, um you know and it, it just it, it I've often wondered because you know the media is where it starts the media is you know it's it's kind of the it's our um it's our, I forget what they called it in, uh, in 1984. I forget what Orwell called it, but, um, you know, it was, it's, it's basically sort of like our, our, what, 10 minutes of hate. Only it's 24 hours of hate, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Now, how much more, how much more magnified? If, if you look at 
the Oceanics, and and I I don't call I don't call them liberals. I call them Oceanics because true liberals are educated. They're they're you know they they have an open mind. They're they're for freedom. I call these people Oceanics because they're more like the Big Brother 1984 mindset. But it's to the nth degree because, you know, like I said, instead of the the 10 minutes of hate, you have literal nonstop 24-hour just headlines, you know, blurbs, posts, you know. uh, I mean, you can't escape. It's called propaganda. It's brainwashing. And uh, Chicago is the hotbed. It's the seat of many, many things that the socialists are doing right now. And you constantly hear the name Chicago. You know, you take, for example, Saul Linsky. Yes. You mentioned his name. Saul Linsky was basically a communist. Now, if you look him up on the Internet, they say, oh, he was a socialist. Well, there's, you know, there's very, very little difference between a socialist and a communist. Who was it? Marx that, was it Marx that, inter- he, he would always, or was it Lenin maybe? They, they one of them would, would actually interchange. It was basically interchange. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very little difference between the two. And he wrote a book in 71 called Rules for Radicals. Yep. And Hillary Clinton worshipped this man. And I believe at one time she may have gone to California. I was told. I don't know. I haven't checked it out. They corresponded. And corresponded and stuff. And he died in 72. And basically they said, oh, you know, the socialist, the news media says, oh, he was a community organizer. Now, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Okay. And and, And he was going into the poor communities of Chicago. <clears throat> he was trying to organize these poor people so they could get more and more government benefits and become more and more powerful as a group of people. The bottom line was he had 10 steps, rules for radicals, 10 rules. And if you implement all 10 of them, the net result would be you completely overwhelm the social welfare system of the United States of America so that there's so many people on welfare, on food stamps, on public housing, free medical care, that's the Obama care. Yep. There's so much that you don't have enough middle class workers out there to support it. So you have to keep raising the taxes on them. Finally, they're taxed so much that they don't have money to take care of their families and their needs that people finally say, I've given up, I quit. Which is what happened in Greece, oh, and yeah. the whole the whole economic system com- collapses from within, and now America collapses, and the money's gone. Our military disintegrates, and we're wide open to be attacked by China and Russia, and any other enemies we have. And that's the game plan of the de- liberal Democrats today. And it started back in the '60s. They've they've stuck with it. They don't quit, and all the way up to today. And now that the American people have woken up the last election cycles, three or four, and they start putting more and more conservatives in office. They said, we need fresh voters. we got to keep the border open. We don't want to build that wall. We've got to stop Trump. we got to let the Mexicans and the Guatemalans come in here because we're going to greet them with open arms and we're going to give them free housing. We're going to give them welfare checks and free food stamps. And we're going to teach them how to vote a straight party ticket Democrat we're going to get our event because we have community organization. And we're going to pick these people up and take them to the voting precincts. We're going to see to it they get driver's licenses and the benefits of full citizenship. Even though they're not American citizens, we need these people to vote Democrat 
and they're going to love us for giving them food and housing, and they're going to appreciate because these people are mostly Catholic, come from poor countries, and they're going to love Democrats for helping them, and bam, that's our next generation of voters. And it's a clear and present danger to the United States of America, our Constitution, our liberties, and our freedoms, and it's got to be stopped. And why anybody would vote for liberal Democrats, why you'd even vote for a Democrat to begin with, astounds me in, in a general election. We need to wake up and find the conservative Republicans that are honest, that are truly conservative, and get them in office and support them and I, get these damn Democrats out of office. I think one of the big things um, concerning rules for radicals, and if, if you've never, if, if you're not familiar with rules for radicals, one of the most disturbing things within the entire book is found, uh, depending on the you know the the copy that you get, well, it's it's in the, it's it's in the preface. You know, it's it, you basically he he basically dedicates the book to Satan. Yeah, he who who Satan. I think I think dedicated to Satan who rebelled and at least won his own kingdom or something yes, like that. Yeah, yeah, and so. And that's that's um, you know that's disturbing in its own. But for anybody who's who wants to see one of the one of the main uh, tactics and, and one of the most uh, noticeable rules that they employ is the blame your opponent for the things you're actually doing. And I, I think there's no better example right now because it's it's relevant right now still. I mean it's it's not true anymore, but it is relevant. Was the RussiaGate thing? Yeah. So Trump was supposed to have done all of this, uh, you know, Russia. And meddling. Hillary did. And Hillary, the uranium one, the yes. the, the dossier, which came. Which is treason. Oh, my God. And so and so if, if, if for anybody, you know, that's listening, take that extra step and and look that up. Go to a library, borrow the book, you know, um, something, you know, Google it. But um, you know it's it's disturbing in its own right when you just when you just take a look at that because you know they do they they want to blame they blame you for the things that they're doing they destroy you with that and then they proceed on doing the same thing that they're bitching about yeah well let's look at some let's look at some of the things you know earlier I said why would anybody vote for a Democrat. And I know my educator friends out there, and people don't know me that are teachers, so many teachers are left-wing and liberal in their politics and their beliefs. And all I can say to you is don't take it personal because the Republican Party is not as clean as the wind-driven snow. No. The Republican Party has lied. They've cheated. They've been caught. The difference is Republicans, when they get caught breaking the law, the party kicks them out of office and they're prosecuted and they go to prison. When a Democrat does it, the news media immediately jumps in. The Democrat party circles the wagons. The news media won't report it. They won't, don't want to cover it. And the person stays in office. And if they have to step down, if enough pressure is brought to bear, well, they'll step down, but they're not prosecuted, generally speaking. Big difference. And, uh, you know, we got cell phones. It always amuses me whenever I watch the news, I'll channel surf. All the major networks have the same broadcasts, the same topics. They same use the words. same adjectives. Same talking Same points. words. And right here in my pocket's a cell phone. And they text each other 
the key words every day. The Democrat Party puts them out there to the people in the news media. Here's the talking points today. Use these talk, and they all do it. They won't admit they do that. That's what's going on. But let's look at what the Democrats have done to you, to this country since the mid-60s. Let's do it. Okay? Now, we already talked about removing prayer from the school, removing uh, the Bible from the school, and now <coughs> what else have they done? They put creationism in all the science, or not evolution in all the science books, remove creationism, and if you teach creationism, you can get in trouble. I taught it my entire teaching career. Never got in trouble, but not too many people really wanted to mess with me. I'm going to pause was, you for one second. Yeah. Because I meant to ask you this before. Now, considering, I mean, concerning evolution, and you you were mentioning species, you know, going from a from seaweed to a human. I'm correct in saying there is never been, there has never been one shred of, of any type of evidence scientifically proven that we have jumped species ever. Right. Ever. No. A, a bird has never turned into a cow. A a, a frog, ha, you know, or or this amoeba has has never turned into a, you know, a, a fish. Um I mean it's it's been you know, we we all follow this. You know, in it within the species, we all follow that pattern, and we don't. I mean, although there's mutations, we don't species jump. That doesn't happen. Well, this prof- this professor I referenced earlier, <coughs> when he was giving his talk supporting evolution and trashing creationism, and I got to question him, which surprised him. I said, uh, you know, I said, Charles Darwin said the fossil record is going to, should, should show intermediate life form fossils or transitional fossils showing where you transition from birds, let's say, into reptiles. And he said the fossil record will either prove or disprove my, my theory on that. Well, it doesn't even qualify as a theory. Evolution is more of a metaphysical research project. Right. But we'll call. And the fossil record, you know, here it is. Well, we've got millions of fossils in the museums of the world today. Right. And this professor who teach, who taught at Athens College, who's probably never been challenged ever by anybody, I said, um, did Charles Darwin uh, put that in his book? Yes, he did. And I said, uh, Professor, can you name one intermediate life form fossil? And he said, oh, the, the, the museums of the world are full of them. There's millions and millions of them. I said, well, name one. And he immediately came back at me with, well, what's your source of information? I said, no, Professor, you're telling us that the museums are full of intermediate life form fossils. You can't name one, can you? And he grinned and says, well, what's your source of information? I said, Professor, there isn't one. I said, Colin Patterson uh, wrote many years ago that he wished they had an intermediate life form fossil. They've never found one yet. And I went on with other examples of why evolution has never happened. All you got to do is go go to the Grand Canyon and look at the geologic strata. And according to the evolutionists, life, as you said, starts out as one-celled, simple-celled organisms in the ocean that evolved because lightning struck the ocean and salt and minerals and other chemicals mixed and formed the first primitive uh, 
amino acid. I've also heard that radiation, solar flares, radiation. Oh, yeah. They, 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 you, got this, you got this cosmic earthly soup. Yeah. Okay. And what I what I find amusing about evolution is these evolutions always put everything millions and billions of years ago in history when no one was here to record any of it, or they put it way out in space beyond our ability to see it happening. Right. Okay. Distance and time are the the heroes of evolution, mm-hmm. and they do this all the time, and particularly in our schools when they're dealing with little minds full of mush, and. Uh, so you've got all this going on, and they still are still in the books today. They won't remove it. And evolution is nothing but a fairy tale for adults. It's a pseudoscience. And all these uh, researchers, uh, you know, it, the evolution is so much trouble that uh, Stephen Jay Gould had to come up with a brand new theory. He abandoned evolution and went to a completely different theory, which you were just discussing about suddenly a species gives birth, and you've got a brand new species, something completely different. Right. It which has never happened in the history of man, but yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, I, di- I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to derail. I just uh, I, I I wanted to touch upon that when you were talking about that before, just just to set the, you know the, the tone there because, it, as far as I know, and I'm almost certain in saying, and I'm I am no by mean no means a uh, a scholar or or a scientist, but I'm I'm fairly certain that we're never going to find a, you know, a, a horse fish. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you go to the Grand Canyon, maybe you see the, 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 the evolutionists teach us that the Precambrian layer is where life began, and in that layer, you're going to find all kinds of microorganisms. And when you move from the Precambrian up into the Cambrian layer, you're going to come into your first amphibians, and as you move higher up in the strata, eventually you'll come into your fishes, different fishes. And you keep going up higher and higher towards the surface of the earth, you're going to come into your reptile fossils and keep going up. Eventually, you're going to come into your birds and then your mammals and keep coming on up. Eventually, you're going to come into your first primates and then man. But when you go to the Grand Canyon and you walk over and put your hands on the damn pre Gambian layer of rock and you get samples and look at it, you'll find sparsely. Micro fossils of microorganisms. You need a microscope to look at these things. Mm-hmm. You'll find them there, scattered, but not not a lot of different species. But they're there. Mm-hmm. And you move up into the Precambrian. What do you find? An explosion of life. Life suddenly appears on this earth, and you got all of the plants and upper level plants and animals and well developed mammals, vertebrates, birds, fish and amphibians all together in the same layer. Well, the Bible says God developed and created the earth, and he created the plants and the animals on this at one time. Right. Which supports the Bible. It proves evolution didn't happen, but they they don't talk about that. The evolutionists don't have that in the science books. No, it scares the hell out of them. We keep that out of there, (laughs) along with a lot of other suppressed information. Oh, yeah. But if I go in here and I start going down some of the things... that the socialists have done in America. We've already hit on several. You've got, I've already talked about the socialist agenda in our public schools and universities. Another thing they did, they said, we gotta get socialist judges at the Supreme Court level and our federal judiciary. So when, when, our, when lawsuits arise attacking us on evolution and these other uh, agendas that we have, 
and he gets in front of these judges, they're going to rule in our favor. Right. Okay. The next turning point in in America that I saw was in 1973 when the Supreme Court again ruled in favor of Roe v. Wade and abortion. And I was a senior in high school when that happened. Or no, I was a freshman in high school when that happened. (coughs) And that was another major turning point in this nation. And uh, at the time when I first, I didn't know what abortion was when I was in ninth grade. I had to ask an adult to find out. I didn't know what that was. And uh, then they dumbed down our curriculum in our schools, our school textbooks, in the history and science and other areas. Today, I mean, when I went through school, I had to take civics class. And that was seventh grade. And we learned about government. I mean, that was a hard class. Absolutely. I had to have a geography class. Right. And we learned about all the countries, the government, the food, the agriculture, all that. In history, we learned about the Constitution, the Pilgrims, the Revolutionary War, all these things. I learned that coming through. Today, they're not teaching that stuff it's, in our public schools. Now, civics, am I, am I wrong in this? Civics was changed. They changed it, and it evolved to social studies? Is, or is I think that's what they did, and the kids are not learning how government works how our constitution works. No, they, they don't understand how a law is made. We've got a, we've got a damn congresswoman <coughs> that doesn't know the three branches of government. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> I Cortez. mean, I mean, Hey, you go socialism. That's that. Is, yeah. I mean that if, if you want to see evidence of socialism in action and a product of socialism, look at Cortez. I, I, I tweeted her the other day because, uh, what was it? She was talking about um, secure secure data transfer, and she kept calling the line insecure, an insecure line. And so I, I tweeted her and I said, "Come on, people! It's 2019. Lines should be feel good enough about themselves to be able to transmit data securely." And then I posted the thing from the uh, from the Princess Bride where uh, the, the uh, Indigo, uh, with the, 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 the sword fighter, you know, uh, Montoya, you know, I, I hear you using that word, but I don't think it means what you think it means. And then I posted the definition of insecure and the definition of unsecure. So I hope, I hope that was a little bit of lesson for, uh, for the Congresswoman, but uh, I'm gonna let you go ahead. That was just a, yeah, you're correct on that. And, uh, the uh, Democrat Party constantly demonizes America, and uh, let me back up one second. I got some notes right here. Yeah, take your time. Uh, they've dumbed down our public school curriculum and our textbooks. They don't teach real history of America. Let me stop you there one more time. I, 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 don't, I hate to keep derailing you, but, but I, I think this is important, too, on, on the difference, how it transitioned. Now, when I was in school with you, I didn't have you for for math, but I had you for, you know, you were in science. One of the other, one of the things with Orwell was Newspeak and and Newthink. Now, that to me sort of translates into um, the, especially with mathematics on how you, uh, you know, Common Core would Common Core <laughs> sort of be uh, accustomed to? I mean, would it would it be the the actual physical, real world equivalent of sort of new think? Is yeah, Common Core is uh, bass backwards math. I, mean, I got a nephew 
that had learned Common Core uh, mathematics. And my wife even came home from a college class and said, here's a Common Core math problem. And it was adding two numbers. Yeah. And I looked at it, and I told her what she said. No, you can't do it that you can't, way. That's, you I'll... have to work at Common Core. I said, well, give me an example of a Common Core problem. And she handed me one. It was like a page and a half long. I started going through it, and I said, this doesn't make any sense. She goes, that's what they're teaching it's our children to. in elementary school today. I said, this will destroy public education in America. This is back when Obama was president. Yeah, that's... that's and uh, they finally got rid of it out of the public schools. And I'm but the like, damage is the damage was I, I was I was one of the parents who who you know had to sit down with with their kids when they brought home Common Core yeah. math and and I I had the exact same I had the exact same conversation with my son he said the exact same thing I said no you're not going to do it this way Dad I can't I've got to do it this way yeah and I said well you're screwed because I I'm, I don't know <laughs> but well the Democrats and the liberals and the liberals took over the Democrat Party. So I'm going to keep referring to the Democrat Party. That's why I'm referring to it, so the listeners understand this. Right. But Republicans are not, you know, like I said earlier, angels. They have definitely got, I'm very upset with them, oh, especially I, I, the Republican I, leadership. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I think, I call, I call a lot of them here, uh, you know, jackasses wrapped in elephant skin. Uh, you know, I, I've really been disappointed, uh, you know, with some of the policy that, Republicans have, uh, you know, some of the bills that Republicans have presented uh, as of late. Um, you know, it's just, I, I think the Republican Party, not just, I think there is a concerted effort to infiltrate the Republican Party with people who are actually Democrats, who are actually liberals. And and they've gone and actually, I, I, I'm, I just, in my head, I, 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 I imagine some seedy, you know, dark, you know, room where they're, you know, where they're all joined together, you know, deciding how they're, who they're going to put into, you know, into, uh, you know, the, the position to run for this office. I mean, I, 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 I think at some point we're going to look back. I'm hoping to God that at some point somebody's going to get hacked and all these emails are going to leak. Yeah. And and we're going to see that that it was a little more than just people who felt like they were conservatives, but they wanted to sponsor, uh, in the interest of fairness and equality, you know, very far left, crazy ass policy. But I'm going to let you get back. Well, into you look. It. I mean, I, I think of John McCain and Paul Ryan too. Oh, they were Lord. very liberal. They weren't conservative. John McCain hid behind his war record as a POW for decades. And, you know, I got tired of it. I said, here's a man that voted to keep Obamacare. He was the deciding vote. And he gave a thumb down to the Republicans as he walked over and was greeted by the Democrats and went over and immediately voted to keep it. You know, after he just finished campaigning in Arizona to get rid of Obamacare and they put him back in office for, for another term. And I, I didn't respect him at all because of that. And Paul Ryan was a joke. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I, but anyway... So, you know, the, the Democrats are constantly demonizing Republicans as evil, greedy capitalist businessmen and women. They should not be listened to or voted into political office. Uh, many uh, liberal left-wing teachers teach their children that the Democrat Party is the party that cares about them and the blacks and other minorities of this country. They are taught that Republicans are greedy, racist, homophobes, 
that believe the earth is flat. I would point out that the national news media and Hollywood has supported the Democrat agenda on all these tenants for the last five decades. Right. They're all in bed together. Everything's changed. So let's look at the Democrat Party. What have they done? Well, first, it was a Democrat Party that gave America slavery. Oh, yeah. It was a Democrat Party that fought the Civil War in an attempt to keep slavery in America. It was a Republican Party under Republican President Abraham Lincoln that fought and won the Civil War to end slavery in America. This fact is not taught in many of our public schools today. And you know what I think is a big insult, just to stop you one more time? Yeah. Is that Obama likened himself to Abraham Lincoln. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that... Obama's just, a walking hypocrite. <laughs> it blows my mind. Uh, but, yeah. All right, it was a Democrat party that gave us the Jim Crow laws in the South that discriminated against blacks to keep them segregated in all public places. Democrat Party. It was a Democrat Party that formed the KKK, yep. which is a racist anti-black organization that exists to this day. The KKK is a racist organization, and they still discriminate against blacks, and they've murdered tens of thousands of black people in the South, and the, the, the Democrat Party supported this. And if any of you are shaking your head and you're not from West Virginia... And you just want one little bit of proof of what he's saying. Google Robert C. Byrd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Google Robert C. Byrd and some of his uh, some of his quotes about never taking orders from a Negro. And uh, he used the N bomb at the <laughs> well of the Senate multiple times. It was broadcast on the news, and the Black uh, Congressional Caucus never said one damn word to him ever. They never criticized him. They never demanded he step down or apologize. And he was a grand wizard of the KKK in West Virginia. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, nope. folks. You can't make it up. It was a Democrat president, Lyndon Johnson, who wanted to pass the Equal Rights Amendment in the 1960s. He went to the Democrats of his party, and they told him, hell no, we're not supporting the Equal Rights Amendment. We're not giving blacks and minorities in this country the same rights we white people have. So what did Johnson do? He crossed over and went to the Republican Party. Will you help me with this? And the Republicans endorsed it and supported him. Now, the amendment did not pass, but the Republicans were with him and fought to get it passed. This is not taught in school. The news media never talks about that. The Democrat Party doesn't even want you knowing about that. They say uh, history is written by the victors, but I, I, I think a lot of times people associate that with in wars, but you know, uh, it, it, it's also written by, just like Common Core, uh, the insertion of Common Core into schools. You know, once you get, once you win, once you're a victor politically, then you can manipulate public thought, you know, public, uh, you know, the, the, what's taught in school. And uh, I think that's an important thing to, to point out is, is that it's not just the victors in the wars. It's not just when a, a country falls and, and history books are rewritten to, you know, but, but also even in the, the political fights, I mean, you know, you get enough of those people just like you're talking about. That's what happens. We start, we start the, the book burning. We, we start omitting 
facts and putting in what did Hillary call it alternative facts. But yeah. <clears throat> well, it's the Democrat Party under uh, President Johnson that gave us welfare system. Johnson said, I'm going to wipe out poverty in America, and I'm going to do it in one generation. Well, here we are now from 1965 up to 2019. We've spent over $6 trillion in the welfare program, and we have percentage-wise of our population just as many people today on welfare as we did back in the mid-1960s. When I was growing up, we didn't have welfare. When I was growing up, if you had a poor family, we would give them food. We would give them jobs and things that needed done so they could make money. The families would help family members that were poor. The local churches, churches. would help these people. Yep. Everybody helped everybody when I was growing up. We didn't look for the government for a tit to suck on. You didn't exist. But no, the Democrats have given it to us, and it's bankrupting America today. They're pushing for universal basic income now on top of oh, everything yeah. else. These people are insane. They're loons. And the, and the thing is, they know that the American people that are 50 years old and younger are low-information <laughs> people, most of them. They're not educated on the history and their constitution. They're frogs in a pot of hot water. They've been in the water. They don't realize it's, they're cooking. They don't know enough to, to uh, fight this. And an uneducated populace is an easy population to overthrow and control. And that's what this is all about. Controlling the people, implementing our policies, undermining the American military and American our constitution, and replacing it with a socialist government, which has never worked in the history of man. There's not one nation on this earth that's currently a socialist nation or ever was a socialist nation that prospered and grew and the people benefited from. Every last damn one of them has enslaved the people, has impoverished the country, has destroyed the economic system and the economies, and just ultimately led to civil war. Right. And the people ended up getting, getting thrown into work camps, prisons, or taken outside and shot in firing squads. I like to laugh at people who throw Sweden up. And, oh, uh, yeah. Because, you know, it, it doesn't take a very, a very long uh, search to you know, to just to see the crisis that they have right now, the oh, yeah. rapes, the I mean, the just, but yeah, I mean, it, they opened the barn door and let the foxes come into the chickens. That's it. Along with several other European countries, and the Democrats want to do that for this country, which I have, I have here also. Uh, the Democrats want open borders. They don't want the United States to have secure borders. If we keep letting these damn illegals come in this country. They're going, it's, it's rules for radicals, Saul Alinsky. It's, it, they're, they're, they're wanting to overwhelm our social welfare program so the government can no longer afford it, so the middle class will throw its arms up and say, screw it, I'm not working anymore. That's their ultimate goal, to bring the country down. They're doing it with the open borders. They're doing it with the EPA and the environmental laws oh. and policies and restrictions, making it impossible for industries to go out here and create new uh new inventions, new machines, new devices to make life easier, to make money. No, if you dare go out and do this, we're going to hit you with these environmental laws. Congress makes laws, not the EPA, and yet they've been making these laws for decades, and no one's yeah. called them to task on They need to shut down the EPA. They need to defund it, shut it down along with the Department of Energy what? and the National Endowment for the Arts, 
and get rid of the U.S. Department of Education. It's worthless. We don't need it. They're, you know, it's just there's a whole, all these things need to be shut down. Democrats, those are their babies. They're not going to get rid of those. Now, with the EPA, I mean, it, it got to, during the, the Obama uh, air regime, I like to call it the, the Obama regime, um, basically, wasn't it the EPA that, that said you can't catch rainwater? Was, am, am I right in that? Uh, I heard that, and you, I laughed, and I thought, well, I don't think we're quite that bad yet. But then again, Obama was so stupid no, I'm pretty, and so left-wing and so immature, and he was surrounded by fools. Although, yeah, they probably would say something like it. The EPA probably did say I, that. I, I'm, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to build out a page to where people can actually reference some of the things we talk about here. But um, or, or just look. I, I don't know. I might get lazy. But... Um, you know, I, I'm I'm almost certain that I remember reading some articles where people were actually, you know, fined and 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 everything for actually catching rainwater. They were farmers. I, I think I think specifically. I remember hearing something in the news. But I mean, I've are, forgotten about it. I mean, do we live in the land of the free at that point? No, we don't. No, we don't. I'll let you continue. All right. Oh, one more thing. Yeah. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna say one more thing because. You were talking about, you know, what the Democrat Party did, um, you know, as far as, you know, with, with minorities, with blacks. You know, it was also the Clinton administration that, that referred to, to black men, uh, you know, as, as super predators. It was the Clinton administration and the Democrats that pushed through for mandatory minimums that gave, that gave black people way more time in prison for the same amounts of drugs, just in different forms, you know, and, and you know, it, it, again, all of this, but we still keep voting them in. People still keep people voting them in. People still keep voting them in. And I've had to deal with people like it. And, of course, being being a teacher, most of the people I dealt with were teachers. Yeah. And they, well, my grandfather was a Democrat, and my daddy was a Democrat, and by God, I'm a Democrat. And I vote a straight Democrat. I, that, I heard that so many times in my life. And I'm like, you know what? I, I believe you should look at the individuals on that ballot and say, who are they? Are they honest? Are they crooks? Have they been in, in uh, scandals? You know, do they are they educated? Do they know what they're doing? What's what's their platform? What do they represent? What do they want? What are they what are they saying they're going to do? Oh no, the union said vote vote Democrat. That's what. And I'm like, you people call yourself educators? Yeah. My God. But anyway. Another thing is the Democrat Party, not the Republican Party. The Democrat Party wants open borders. They do not want to properly fund our border patrol agents. They do not want to support and fund ICE. They want sanctuary cities. These sanctuary cities are telling the federal government and agents to go to hell. Yep. We're not going to arrest these people. Uh, we're going to not turn over these criminal aliens to ICE. We're going to, when they get out of jail, we're going to cut them loose. And you're not going to know where they went. Yep. And these people are going out, they're raping Americans. They're murdering Americans. You know, uh, they don't want the, the wall built. And I look at pictures of Nancy Pelosi's mansion surrounded by a wall. Uh, the Democrats want to take away our Second Amendment right to bear arms. And yet this, these same Democrats have armed bodyguards that go with them everywhere they go. They have bulletproof Cadillacs that they ride in. They go back to their mansions, which have walls and fences around them. 
but yet you and I are supposed to be out here defending our families with a broom. Yeah. We're not supposed to have guns. You know, I'm a patriotic American, and I'm a damn good shot. I love to shoot guns. I love to deer hunt. And if I had to shoot somebody 50 yards with my 45 Colt pistol, I damn well guaranteed I'd hit them the first or second shot. And they wish they never messed with my family. But I don't want to shoot anybody, but I like knowing I've got my guns and that if I have to defend myself or my family or you, I can do it. And it's none of Nancy Pelosi's or Obama's or Hillary Clinton's business how many guns I have in my house and their serial numbers or who I trade guns with. Or how much ammunition I had. You know, I was I was prepared when I come out of high school to go to Vietnam. I was I was going to volunteer when I graduated. And my parents asked me, what are you going to do? I said, Daddy, I'm going to join the military. I'm going to go to Vietnam. And my mom broke down crying. Because mm-hmm. I had papers in my hand from a college that I did a field trip that day on. And the uh, financial aid officer gave me these papers. And... He was one of the first few people in my life that, that didn't say, well, you're a smart ass. He said, Mark, you're smart, but you've been in a lot of fights in your life, and you've been running the streets, and you haven't studied. But you're very intelligent. If you'd apply yourself, you'd be amazed at what you could do. Take these papers home. We're going to offer you financial aid if you want to attend this college. And when I went home, and I told him I was going to join the military, and my mom broke down crying. And Dad said, well, I didn't know you wanted to go to college. Well, I said, well, Dad, I did the tour. Here's some papers. And mom begged me, go for one semester. Right. And if you don't do good, then fine. If you want to quit and join the military, do it. I said, all right. And dad said, go to town, find you a job. And I had one the next day, and I worked and went to college, and the rest is history. Right. I busted my ass in college, but I was ready to go. They had the lottery, and I said, my number comes up. I'm quitting. I'm going to go join. And if I get drafted for this lottery, I'm going to quit. I'm going to go. I'm going to join. Right. Well, my number was just above 95. That's where they were going. So I got to stay in. And I felt bad. I cried at one point because I had friends that had to drop out of school and report within two weeks mm-hmm. to uh, uh, to the military. And I told my dad, I said, Dad, I'm going to go ahead and drop out of college and I'm going to join the military. And he and I had a long heart-to-heart talk on that. And he said, Son, if you drop out, you'll never go back. He goes, You'll be the first person in our family other than him to get a college education. Mm-hmm. He said, son, it's so important you get this education. And I said, it's not fair my friends dropped out. And we had, I argued. And finally, my girlfriend got mad at me. And I said, all right, I'll stay one more semester. And I did. In the following fall, Dad said, are you going back? I said, I don't know. And we had another talk. My mom started crying again. I said, Dad, I'll go back one more semester. If this war ain't over, I'm, I said, I'm, I'm going in. And the war ended a couple months later. Right. And I didn't have to go. To this day, I feel guilty about that. I, to this day, I feel guilty that I didn't go. That's one of the reasons I have the Veterans Appreciation Day that I started four years ago for our veterans. This is our 4th July, uh, July 16th up here at Nicholas County, Veterans Park. I have a special day for our veterans. And last year, we had 85 show up. This year, we're expecting 100. I have a full day of games. We feed them. We bust them down to the lake and take them on a free tour on my dive boat, take them on a free tour of the lake. Those veterans, and I give them prizes. I buy stuff. I raffle stuff off. I see to it every veteran there gets something. That's cool. And they have, they love it because I feel I owe these men and women something for their service, and I respect them, and I respect our military today. 
And when I hear some stupid, pardon my language, some stupid son of a bitch talk about taking away guns and the Second Amendment, or they go out here and burn the American flag and spit on that, they better not do it in front of me oh, yeah. or my buddies because I'm going to forget I'm a Christian for about 30 seconds. <laughs> I tell you, I just, it irritates me. I understand. But anyway, I'll, I'll move on. As you said earlier, the Democrats wanted to destroy the nuclear family. They've done that with the welfare system. Now <clears throat> you have single-parent uh, single families. You have minorities, in particular blacks in this country, who occupy most of the prison cells in this nation, blacks and Mexicans. You got all these black uh, girls out here pregnant with, you know, four, five, six, eight, ten kids, different fathers, and I feel bad for them because how the hell do you take care of that many kids? Well, these black kids, I like when I was in Valley, I had a lot of these black kids tell me, and out of respect, they said, "Mr. Allen, I ain't getting married." You know, these girls, they want, they can have my, I'll be their sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can have my, you know, that's that's the choices in life those people make. Okay. But it's all across our country, uh, having children out of wedlock. I wasn't raised that way. Everybody's got free will. You make your choices. If you're going to have babies, at least support them. They don't support them. I support them. You support them with our tax dollars. They take from me and give it to them. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have kids, take care of them. That's how I was raised. That's the way it was when I grew up. Not anymore. The government's taking care of them. And that's yeah. why it's yeah. destroyed the families. You don't have husbands. Kids, when they grow up, you should have dad and mom in that house. Dad used to bust my ass. Mom tried, but my dad sure as hell did. <laughs> and my dad said, I'm going to teach you to be responsible. He gave me jobs outside on our farm. I absolutely hated some of these jobs, but it made me stronger. Right. And it le- eventually, when I got into martial arts, my instructor taught me to control my... I was, I was, a, I, I was quick to lose my temper. Mm-hmm. You kids didn't see that side of Mark Allen. <laughs> and uh, I learned to control my temper. And now today I'm mellow. I get along with people. People close to me know I've got a temper. They know they don't want me getting mad. And I'm not, not, I'm not a badass. You know, I don't move as quick as I did. But by God, if I get mad, I can, I mean, I get in your face. You're going to know it. Right. And they don't like it. And I don't like it. And I, 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 buy, I walk away from a damn fight. Mm-hmm. And I try to reason with people. But I don't care it too far because you're too nice. People take advantage of you. But I see all this happening now. And here we've got uh, the nuclear family. I've had so many kids in my teaching career who were living with grandma. Right. Mom and dad divorced. Neither one of them wanted the kids. They're living with grandma. And thank God for grandmothers. I grew up. Hey, I'm, uh, my grandma Pino, my, my, my grandma Garrett. I mean, absolutely. Uh, I mean, my, you know, my, my dad was there. My, he was a Vietnam veteran. Um had you know the, the PTSD? I mean, you know there there were things going on there, you know, and but but yeah, with with my grandparents, I I don't know where I would be um, if it hadn't been for that. Sometimes, so uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. It was the Democrat Party that endorses and fights to make abortions legal and easily available to all. Now, the Democrat Party now has made it possible. <clears throat> for people to have an abortion all the way up to the delivery of the baby. And if the baby survives, the doctor makes us comfortable and the mother yeah. and fa- or the, the mother and the doctor discuss, are we going to terminate the life? That's murder. Yeah. Well, that's where we are now. And it's a Democrat party that's advocated for decades for gay rights and making homosexuality 
taught in our public schools. See, there it is again. It's the public schools. Mm -hmm. We've got to indoctrinate these children into these things. As a normal lifestyle, and and it should be encouraged and accepted. It's the Democrat Party that advocates for legalizing gay marriage, and they succeeded. Gay marriage is now legal in all 50 states. Now, some of your listeners are going to say, well, Ben, are you are you anti-gay? Are you a homophobe? You know that? No, I'm not. I have a lot of friends that are gay, and they are my friends. Mm-hmm. And we sit down, drink beer, and talk, and I, I help them if they needed help. If somebody attacked them, I'd step in there and help defend them. I've got, yeah, I mean, I've got <laughs> two, two of my kids are gay. What but. somebody does in the privacy of their own home, in their own bedroom, is their business, not mine. And that's how America was founded. Right. But I believe in God. I believe in His commandments. I believe in what Jesus Christ taught. God condemns it. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 18, he, he names all these different sins in the Old Testament. It says, do not do these things. Those that engage will not enter into my kingdom. And Jesus Christ said that people do these things. He said, turn away from the sin, confess your sin, and invite me into your life, and accept me as the Son of God, and I will forgive you. And then he said, what? He said, go and sin no more. And I know there are are gay people that are no longer gay. They accepted Christ and his Holy Spirit healed them. And now they're heterosexual. They're married and they got kids. And I know that comment will be poo-hooed by some of your listeners, and that's fine. They are free to form opinions. They have free will just like me and you. And they can choose their course in this life. I'm not going to force my religion on them and my thoughts. I simply say it's not gay. The gay lifestyle is not something for me, and I didn't push it on the kids that I taught in my school, and I didn't condemn any of my kids that were gay or had gay tendencies. Mm-hmm. It's their life; they're going to lead it. And if they'd ask me, "Well, what do, what do you think, and what's the Bible think?" Well, if you want to talk at lunchtime, I'll tell you what the Bible says about that, and you make up your choice in life what you want to do. You know, I, and I, I think at one point, you know. This has to come. This has to happen this way because in Revelation, they I believe it was Revelation. Um, you know, they talk about you know they'll be giving in, or it wasn't Revelation. I'm sorry, but Jesus talks about they'll be giving in the end days. They'll be giving in marriage, and you know that just I, I I believe what he was talking about was the corruption of marriage, and and the thing that's always bothered me is the same people who push the liberal agenda and are anti-God that my big issue with, with the thing is if it's, if you go to a courthouse and you get married in a secular fashion, you know, do your thing. But most of the people, you know, I, I mean, when, when you bring that into you know, uh, like like a religious setting. Uh, you know, with, with uh, when you bring it into a church and it becomes religious, not secular. That I, that to me is is where I have the issue, because I, I think there's you know in, in my mind there's two types of marriage. You, there's there's the one where you go and you're married by the state, by the justice of the peace, and and still they use you know you know God in a certain fashion, but. You're not being married by a, a a priest by a preacher, but um, you know also with it the um, I lost my train of thought there. But it, yeah, I mean it's it's just a uh, you know uh, the same people who 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 push that you know 
want to, it, they uh, if you notice when the couple were being uh, persecuted for having rela- beliefs and not wanting to make a cake for you know that had I believe two men on the on the cake yeah and for their own religion now this is their own religious beliefs you know they were they were persecuted for it it cost them i believe hundreds of thousands of dollars and you know it virtually destroyed their business and these people you know you don't see it in the news where they're going to buddhists and and wanting that you don't oh, see no, they it always the single out it's, christians it's only you I, I i don't believe and I'm, I'm i'm sure that it exists nowadays but i've never heard of a gay imam you know no. uh so they stone gays to death if if they throw you off a roof, off a building. But yet, the, I mean, that's what I'm yeah. not saying. That's right. I'm saying that's what the Muslims that's that's do. what they do. But yet, I mean, I just read an article the other day that that they're passing legislation to kill gays now. In in I forget which which country it was. I I, I should have maybe paid a little more attention to the article. I was thumbing, I was just kind of swiping through the news. But um, you know that that's that's still in the headlines today. Oh yeah, that that they're doing that in that's other Sharia countries. law. And the Democrats endorse the, the oh, radical Muslims love, and Islam they and Sharia love it. law. They, they love, love it. it. They love it. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's another thing about the duality is that you know you've got you've got the most oppressive whether you want to call it a religion of peace or not, and some of the people do practice it peacefully. Some of them do, you know, practice it just like just like Christians and Buddhists and you know there's there's good and bad with everything but it's always an attack on christianity it's not it's it's the it's that that the liberal that that the liberals push it's it's the attack on christianity they don't they don't sue uh you know muslims because they won't have a wedding in 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 their mosque you know what i mean it's it, and and that's just i mean that should speak to people even more Show somebody send me a headline, the captain at pirateinfowars.com, and send me a headline where, if I'm wrong, where you know a, a Muslim cake, you know, a bakery was was persecuted. You know, I mean, it's it's insane. So I, I'm pretty sure that you're not going to find anything like that out there. No, uh. Uh-uh. Uh, it's a demo, one more. Another one is the Democrat Party believes that a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man, and they encourage all this stuff. And they say it's fine, and I'm reminded of the Babylonian king uh, Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, who ordered that all of the gold uh, uh, goblets be brought in from the Jewish temple that his uh, grandfather had uh, taken from Jerusalem when they conquered the Jews. Years earlier, bring in here. We want to use those goblets here with my drunken orgy, my party. And they're in there drinking. Suddenly, God's hand, a hand appears on the wall, and it writes on the wall a message. And the king is shaking, and he wet himself and said, who can interpret this? And they said, well, Daniel is a prophet and a Jewish man, and he is an interpreter of dreams. And uh, go get him, bring him. And he says, you know, you've been tried and weighed in the balance and found wanting and in one hour, your kingdom will come to an end. And I, I see these Democrats behind closed doors jumping up and down and hugging and high-fiving each other 
and saying Saul Linsky's agenda agenda is in full force. You know, uh, the Communist Manifesto is our Bible. And look what we've done with our socialist policies in America. And now look, a man can be a woman, a woman can be a man. Look at the bathrooms and the gender issues we've brought about. Look in the inner city schools now where you've got to have another bathroom, gender neutral and all this other stuff. Look what we've done to the children. Look at the drug epidemic in this country. We've accomplished all these things that bring this, this country down. And now, who the hell is this man that's not a politician from New York that's a businessman named Trump? Why did the American people send him to the swamp? We don't need him here. You know, right. I look at them, I look at that Nebuchadnezzar and that party, and it reminds me of these damn Democrats celebrating all the evil they brought upon us and I just, I'm just waiting for God to, you know, to judge this nation. They clapped. <coughs> they clapped when the in New York when the post-birth abortion, um, or or I call it post-birth birth yeah. abortion is up to birth abortion, was was passed. Oh, they stood there and celebrated. Yeah, there. I mean, and and it's the same thing. It, I mean, it is, it, and yeah, you're absolutely right. That is going to bring judgment. The Democrat Party has a long history of not respecting our military and not wanting to fund it properly. And you look look at look at the history of what the Democrats have done to our military. You got a Republican <laughs> president in office, and we're going to war. Oh yeah, we, they'll get up there on the podium and because they know the American people are rallying, and we're going to defend this country. Oh yeah, they're up there telling the people what they want to hear. Oh yeah, but you get a Democrat president up there, and they control both houses of Congress. We're not going to fund the Pentagon. We're not going to give them the money they want. We're going to cut programs. And now look, you got all the Air Force out here going into our scrapyards trying to find parts for our jets and our military so they can repair these uh, aircraft on our aircraft carriers because they don't have the spare damn parts. Well, they've given China the contracts and and now there a lot of our I mean Trump thank God reversed that. Oh yeah. But I mean we were literally compromised. That's exactly right. Well, Huawei um you know phones uh you know military you know military grade equipment um I mean there certain phones you can't take on to in in the general population this is this is still fairly new news. And the general population doesn't understand that Apple is owned by China now. Um, you know, Apple has moved to China. And so in China, you are part of the state. And so what kind of security, when, when Apple has, or when China has all of Apple's codes, how secure are you? And when China is producing, I mean, go buy something at Dollar General that's been made in China. And now, do you want that kind of workmanship? First of all, in your in the things that in the in the weapons, in the tanks, in the planes that are that are are being used. I mean, the workmanship's terrible. Where it's based on slave labor. It's um, you know, and and again, there's back doors that they have found. This isn't this isn't conjecture. They have found back doors in these in this software. And and the actual hardware that the software is you know uh, runs on, where they can actually get into, and and hack into, and and thank God Trump you know the Trump administration caught that, and and now we're phasing that stuff out. But um, you know who gave them that contract? Yeah. It all uh, points. It all <coughs> points to one. It all points to one 
one spot, one period in time, you know, pretty much. And and it was from about 2007-ish on up. <laughs> yeah, when Obama became pre- it's like changing gears on a car. We were putting first gear back in the mid-60s when they took prayer out of schools. We changed gears and entered the second gear when they put uh, legalized abortion in this country. That's a good way to put it. And then uh, we got into the third gear when Bill Clinton was elected president of the United States with all of his liberal policies and the Democrats finally realized, man, we're this, this party time. And uh, it slowed down when uh, the Bushes got in into office. and But the agenda was still there. It was percolating. It's like cooking a fine stew. It's there. It's cooking. It's just going to take a little longer. But when Obama got in office, they put it in, in high gear. Mm-hmm. And it's been running in high gear ever since. And the American people finally woke up to it and said, we have got to vote. We've got to get off our asses and start educating our kids. We've got to go out here. And we're fighting the national news media. I mean, CNN is in every airport in this country because they have a contract. Yep. You go into most bit hotels, motels, where it was, it's always on CNN. And that's why, that's part of the Mockingbird, that's that's exactly part of that Mockingbird media, that, you know, that, that Project Mockingbird, um, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's like a specter. I can almost touch it, I can almost put my finger on it, but, you know, it just, it just, something inside me says, hey... People aren't taking. People aren't paying attention to this. People aren't seeing that. That yeah, just they don't understand that. And when you do go into the I'd be there, you know, with my dad or something, my brother or something like that, and you would see, you know, CNN playing. Hell, some places when Trump got in office, some VAs wouldn't put. His his photograph on the wall. Yep. How in what point in history has an American president ever been treated this way? They had Bill Clinton's face up there. Bill Clinton. They had Obama's face up there. And now, didn't Bill Clinton when he was in? Wasn't there some type of deal as well with with China and nuclear technology? It was. Uh, <coughs> yes, it was a Loral Corporation, and uh, Bill Clinton and Hillary were opening up the. Lincoln bedroom to the Chinese and they would come up there and have tea parties at the White House and they were allowed to stay in the Lincoln bedroom upstairs and they were letting Barbara Streisand and other Hollywood elite that contributed money to uh, the re-election of Bill Clinton stay in, in the people's house and uh, the uh, Chinese communists were launching their their missiles and they were blowing up mid-flight in our atmosphere and crashing and they couldn't figure out what the problem was. And Loral Corporation had satellites, uh, telecommunication satellites that they wanted to put in orbit. And it was cheaper to go to China and let the Chinese launch them into space than it was to do it here on American soil with American companies. So they had contracts with the Chinese, but the rockets kept blowing up. So Loral's technicians that were there started looking at the components and they told the CEO of Loral, we know what the problem is. It's the guidance system on these rockets is screwed up. And, uh, you know, if we take our guidance systems over there and put them in their rockets, they're going to counterfeit and copy our guidance systems. Yep. And that could be treasonous and be a violation of existing U.S. law. We have to have permission from our State Department 
it, to, to, to tr take that technology over there. So the Laurel uh, president went into the White House to see the president. He'd been there before. He said, well, I need a president. Uh, I, need a, I need a favor, President Clinton. What is it? And he told him, he says, you know, we want our launch air rocket. Or we want to launch our satellites in China. But their guidance systems are screwed up, and the damn things keep blowing up. And they said their nuclear missiles, they can't launch them because they're going to blow up mid-flight. And they can't figure out what the problem is. Well, our technician knows what the problem is. And the problem is we don't want to use their guidance systems on those rockets when we launch our satellites. We want to put ours on there. But if we do, they'll take those systems and reverse engineer them and use them on their nuclear-tipped missiles and make America uh, capable of being hit by their nuclear missiles. And uh, Bill Clinton sits back with his cigar up, uh, Monica's whatever, <laughs> talking to this guy and uh, says, well, you know, I might be able to help you there. Well, we'll, we'll I'll donate money. So he donates like a hundred some thousand dollars to the DNC for the reelection of Al Gore and Bill Clinton. And then Bill Clinton signs a presidential waiver allowing his corporation to take their guidance systems over there and the Chinese put them on their rockets and then they took one off and went and reverse engineered. Now the Chinese, instead of launching a rocket and maybe hitting within 50 miles of a target, they're spot on now thanks to Bill Clinton. That was a treasonous act on his part. He didn't give a shit because he got the money he wanted because he wanted to be reelected so he could have his affair with Monica and the other interns and the other concubines while Hillary was upstairs with her lesbian lovers. Yep, yep. And, and Which was never reported. And Webster Hubble. Don't forget Webster Hubble. Yeah, yeah their daughter, <laughs> Webb Hubble, is her father. Have you ever heard that uh, Hillary smells like sulfur? I think that's a joke. I forget what it was. <laughs> Hillary and Obama both smell like sulfur, I believe. That's, oh, that's yeah, well, what she's I've a heard. Satanist. Yeah. Practicing witch. That's a fact. Well, well yeah. The, I mean, and that's that, that could be a whole damn show in itself. Oh, yeah. Spirit cooking. And that's something that 70% of the American people never heard of. And anybody hears this will say, what are they talking about? Because you and I are ahead of the curve. Well, and and well, and well, that's the thing. Why am I ahead? I mean, you're ahead of the curve because, I mean, you're, you're a classic scholar. I'm ahead, of the I'm ahead of the curve because I can tune into uh, places that are being literally banned off the Internet now, like InfoWars. And why are they being banned? Not because not because he he sent people to Newtown, which he didn't. Because he's telling the damn truth. Yeah. And even people in the media started to see it. And you know, not to get off on Alex Jones' soapbox, but but what is it they say? You know, you're over the target when you start catching the most flack. Oh yeah. So you know, what's more disturbing? Giving. China, the ability to drop a bomb literally in a in a five gallon bucket that 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 much, you know, or or Trump uh, allegedly wanting to be peed on in Russia. I mean, what's more disturbing there? But what did the Mockingbird media run with? Oh yeah. And one more thing that that you you mentioned, Nancy Pelosi. Where the hell did this China um, uh, China spy that she's had? For working directly uh, for her, that Where was Diane Feinstein. Oh, was okay. okay. I'm sorry. I'm so, well. They all all white liberal women look the same to me. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. I think they're both women. Flat I don't chested. Know. I don't know. They they I, I'm I don't know anyway. But but yeah. So I mean that's yeah. The, Diane Feinstein. I'm sorry. But where 
where did that go in the media? Nowhere. But who was pushing Mr. and Mrs. America turn them all in? Now, now, they can say that she didn't know, but if you have somebody working that closely with you... For like 20 years? Yeah. And you're pushing agendas that are hobbling the American people. Pro-China agenda. So Pro-communist agenda. Where's, where's the dossier on that? That's all I want to know. Where the is the damn yeah. dossier? The news, see, the reason the Democrats do these things is they know the national news media is with them. They're partners in crime. It's not going to be reported. And if you want to find out, you got to go to the conservative news outlets. Thank God for Rush Limbaugh. He saved AM talk radio. Oh, yeah. Thank God for the Internet because now you do have conservative news outlets. We're not dependent upon the national media anymore, and it pisses them off. But we can go to alternative news and find out what's really going on in the world. But they're literally pushing to, to push alternative news off. Oh, you, yeah, that's why have... Alex Jones is being discriminated against in the social media platforms, and he's struggling some. But you know what? He's gaining more and more listeners every day. Yeah, he's got that Strazan effect. Uh-huh. He it's going, he's going to continue to grow. I mean, the man's hard to listen to sometimes because he becomes extremely emotional, starts screaming. Then he starts making noises and grunts and stuff. To be, <laughs> I think he's that's trying good to be entertaining. Idea. And I like, you know, <laughs> if he cut that part of it out and just be emotional and be forceful and report and not do the off the, the weird stuff, I could listen to him more. But I respect him because I recognize what he is. He's a true... American patriot, he really is. But I think it's kind of akin to this. I, I've put my because I I love the rants. I love when he loses his cool. Like like I don't know if you remember John Williamson uh, in in school. He he was but uh, he's from Pax, wasn't he? Uh, no, he's from Mount Hope. Um, okay, but uh, yeah, he he uh, he'll get on those rants and he'll lose his cool. But I, I kind of I'm going to equate it like this, I guess, with Alex Jones. If you went into a class every day. And you kept saying the same damn thing over and over. And you were trying to get it through people's heads. That was me as a teacher. <laughs> Reviewing it all the time, going over it. No one gave a shit. Very few of the kids gave a shit. They, education wasn't important. Until it was time drugs. to take the damn report card. Yeah, home. I want a drug and do the party and all that. And then all of a sudden, it's, oh shit. The military won't take me. I flunked the ASVAB test. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to graduate this year. Now what? Hey, you made your bed. Go sleep in it. That's it. But yeah, I mean, I, I and I think that's where the frustration with him comes, because you know, and on top of that, you have you literally can see the media, um, you know, just like just like with his deposition. And I know we're getting off on a little bit of thing, but but I think no, this is talking, important. Um, you can see where the media basically um, is churning out just just lie after lie after lie. I sat through three hours watching the, the the leaked deposition where he's being sued by these Sandy Hook parents, okay? Mm-hmm. He starts talking about, you know, um, he, he, he mentions one uh, a point where he's saying that, you know, at some point you become just, you know, you, you kind of have to, you can't, it's hard to, to decide what's real and what's not. Well, he, he never said that he had any type of, you know, dysphoria or schizophrenia or anything like that. But in the news... That's how they want to turn it. Oh, Alex Jones blames, you know, uh, his his uh, you know his comments on Sandy Hook on this. That's not what he says. But 
people will look, read a one sentence headline because that's because they've been dumbed down. Yep. Because that's all they can that's all they can hold between their, the yep. six inches between their ears. Well, they're trying to bleed him out of out of money because when he gets in front of a jury, then they'll hear the actual audio of what he really did say, and he'll win the court case. But how much is it going to cost him in legal fees? Yeah. And they're just going to try to wear him down with lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. And and you know the thing is <clears throat> is that it's just I mean it's it's again lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. But he has been deplatformed. The law firm leaked. You can the, the last thirty seconds of it. You can hear them agree. Thirty days. It's confidential. It doesn't go out. It's lawyers only in, in the court. So they all agree to it. You can hear it plain as day. But then it gets leaked by the law firm. They put the page up. Um, you know the YouTube page. And that man is being slammed, you know, it's, it's put on, it, it's leaked on a platform that he's now banned from, and he can't even respond to. So, and again, I, I, I know that, the, I know we went off on a tangent there, but it's important Well, because- Congress needs to get, and I, I don't normally advocate this, I, 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 advocate, I advocate free speech, but Facebook has become, and YouTube, so big, especially Facebook, that a lot of people go there and to go in there and take someone who's voicing their free speech and say, we're going to censor you. We're going to censor conservative speech and Christian speech, but we're going to go out here and we're not going to do a damn thing to the liberal socialist speech that's on here and the Democrat websites that, that endorse these liberal Democrats. No, they have free reign. That's censorship. And how do you fight that? Well, you're not going to get the American people to say, well, I'm going to shut down my Facebook accounts. They're not going to do it. And the advertisers, you know, that advertise and stuff, that ain't going to happen. But if Congress, and it's, it's going to come to that at some point, Congress is probably going to have to intervene and call the owners up and say, look, you're going to stop, this, uh, stop uh, you know, discriminating against these people, or we're going to have to pass laws and stuff, and you're going to, you're going to find yourself in a world of shit. The Democrats ain't going to vote to do that. The Republicans. Well, that's might. what I'm saying. We we've got a liberal Congress. Yeah. So so when you they're have, safe for the next two years. When you have people like Elijah Cummings sending letters now to Fox, you know, you know Fox saying, "Hey, why why did you wait to run this uh, this on you know this thing on Stormy Daniels until after the election?" Well, that's because there was really nothing there. The bitch had to pay Trump. So, you know, now you've got Elijah Cummings, uh, you know, suggesting that that Congress be able to, you know, to be able to manipulate Fox and their editorial procedures. Yeah. I mean, that's where <clears throat> we're at. And that's that's who we and it always blows my mind. And I know we always do a, a balance of, you know, if we have a Republican president, we want to we want a, a, a you know, a, a Democrat Congress, you know, but. How does, you know, I, I just, in my mind, after such overwhelming, such an overwhelming, you know, response to Trump, how the hell did the same people put these crazy-ass Democrats in a majority? That boggles my mind. Uh, 
you know, on TV, they say, oh, every off-year election, the opposite party takes control of at least one House of Congress. And I thought about that, and I said, after all we've been through, eight years of Obama, Obamacare, the fights of getting rid of that, uh, taking control of our government again, why would anybody go out in an off year and vote for a damn Democrat? And they did. And I'm like, are you fools? Are you stupid? Why? And I'm like, the conservative Christian vote, and not enough people got up and voted. They stayed home. Right. And let the damn Democrats take the House of Representatives. I'm like, when are you going to learn? We are at, we're, in, we're having a war right now. There's a war being waged in America. We're at war. It has not gone to the streets yet. Right now, this war is being waged at the ballot box and on the news media and in Congress to take our country back and restore it as a Christian nation. And I think Donald Trump <clears throat> might be our last chance to take America back. It may extend out into the vice president, Pence, who, who will probably become, succeed him. But this country has got to return back to its Christian foundation. And we've got to stop and reverse the things that are going on in this country. If we don't, and it keeps going on, at some point the American people are going to say we've had enough. The Democrats are going to do something. They're going to pass some law. They're going to do something that's going to be the spark that lights the fuse, that causes the explosion, that causes people to go to the streets. And, you know, everybody I know that's a conservative that loves America owns a lot of guns. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of liberals that own some guns. But you know what? A lot of my liberal friends are frustrated, too, and they actually agree with me. They're tired of it, too. You know, and that's that's one of the—I I, I did a lot of knocking. I, I worked with a lot of field organizers and stuff last election cycle— and the one one thing that sort of was a and you uh, you kind of touched on a point there was that a lot of the people that that I knocked now again when I did run into the crazy ass left they <laughs> yeah. were teachers Mark yeah they were teachers. and they tried to shout you down they you tried disagree. to run me no they tried to run me off their street and told me leave their goddamn neighbors alone quote unquote yeah uh, get off my street I don't want to talk to you. I'm Ojeda, and I warned you I was going to bring this up. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but, you know, it, it's, in. it is, it, it just blows my mind that people like Ojeda and this whole 55 strong stuff, and I understand, I understand a strong union. My grandpa was union. I've never, I've never been pro-union myself, but I, I, I understand how it protects people, and I've seen it protect people. Well, I, I was a member of the uh, WVEA union for teachers, NEA, for 32 and a half years as a teacher. I had to be a member because as a member, if there was a problem, I had a free lawyer. Right. And all the trouble I had out of you-know-who yeah, for I four gotcha. years, I had free legal counsel. Because I, I, you know, teachers in West Virginia don't make much. Right. When I started, we were 48th in the nation in teacher pay. 32 and a half years later, we were 47th. You know, And so I stayed in the union, but I didn't listen to a damn thing they told me. My first experience with unions, <coughs> I worked for Montgomery Wards for a little bit. And they were Teamsters. And I just had such a problem because I never saw where uh, working for Montgomery Wards for minimum wage where the dues would actually 
justify any any type of help that they could give me because yep. you know. But and again, I, I it's just and another thing that gets me about the damn unions and I, this is the biggest thing and and this is the mining union. Who did they endorse for president that created the war on coal? Uh, uh, you can you can have a coal fired plant, but uh, it'll bankrupt you. You know, Obama. I mean, it's it's crazy. It is absolutely damn crazy. But they endorsed him. Yeah. And then what did he do? It was the night of the long knives. You know, I mean, he he cut our throat here. But anyway. Well, I'll also just say that uh, that, that the Democrat Party does not support our men and women in law enforcement. Nope. The Democrats, uh, the, the left wing of the Democrats, admire socialist and communist leaders. They think they're great. Uh, it's a Democrat party that wants, uh, as I said earlier, to keep our open borders. It's a Democrat party that wants to do away with their Second Amendment and not allow us to keep our firearms. It's a Democrat party that wants to take over our health care system, and they, they did that for a short time with the Obamacare, which it's still there, but it's not like it was, and hopefully soon we will put the final death nail in that, in that coffin. And finally today, they're, they're, they're all out push now, is we can do this, we can do this, we can do this, and it is simply <clears throat> climate change. We need this. Uh, uh, Trump got us out, took us out of that uh, climate uh, treaty. Paris Accord. Paris Accord. It infuriated Democrats. And you got to understand, climate change is what they call global warming. Yeah. And global warming, uh, that is at the... Climate Research Unit, CRU, at the University of East Anglica in England. And that's the place where all the climate global data comes right there to that group of scientists. Somebody on the outside hacked into their emails about 10 years ago and put them on the Internet. And here they were emailing each other, boasting about how they controlled all the climate data. They said, when we had all these little portable uh, solar... uh, uh, Weather stations put up all over the United States, Europe, and Russia. <clears throat> they were told not to put them anywhere near asphalt or highways or airport runways or on top buildings and roofs. They were to be out in the open, away from traffic and away from these things. Well, we installed every last damn one of these things along interstate highways at airports near runways That's going and on building it. rooftops to gather up all that heat so the climate data, the temperatures would be a lot higher than they really are so that we can run with the global warming narrative because the United Nations wants us to, and we do it because as long as we do, we get the grants and money funding that we need to buy the equipment so we can do our studies and play with our toys. And, and we- they're boasting about this, and they went so far as to boast that all the climate data has been fudged. We went and we changed the numbers. Yep. The numbers are false. They're lies. It's it's a, a pseudoscience. We love it. We control it. And if we're ever, if we ever get a freedom of information request where we have to respond, we will go in and delete the files and the data. Yep. And there it was. And what did they do? We need to quit calling it global warming. I know we'll call it climate change. Yeah. And Al Gore jumped in there on that. Said, "Yeah, call it climate change." I mean, and it, and it, and it kills me. I mean, there's and tell me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But we have had, we've been in a cooling trend. We're not in a warming trend. We're in a solar minimum. And I mean, 
I know they're stupid, but when the EU and and when these when they literally get in there, I mean not the EU, but the United Nations get in and vote that the sun doesn't affect our climate. I mean, they put it to a vote, so that's gospel now. Well, all you got to do is look at the planet Mars, and let's pick Jupiter. We can make, and Venus, now Venus has a sulfuric acid (coughs) cloud cover, and it holds the heat in. But if you look at Mars and look at Jupiter, their global climates have been going down. They have the same sun providing energy to them that we do. Our global temperatures have actually gone down a little bit, over the last couple decades, the, 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 the earth is not warming. And, and they run all these TV ads and get the little kids upset. They show the polar bear, and it looks like it's starving. It's the last one. It's on a little chunk of ice. It's all done by people like PETA and the left-wing extremist animal rights people and the globalists, and they want you to think the world's going to end and the oceans are going to rise and the polar ice cap. It's all lies fairy tales for the consumption of the adults. They're telling kid they're telling people not to have kids now because we're going to die in 12 years. Oh yeah. Well that's that idiot Cortez. Yeah. And I think that uh what's his name? Uh, Ojeda. Oh my god. Uh, that guy, I got a liberal Democrat former student of mine. <coughs> says, "Man, you got to check this guy out. He lives up here at uh Clarksburg area." He said, "I went to one of his rallies." Said this son of a bitch. He said, "Mark says this guy is on the ball. We need to vote him off." I said, I "Never heard of him." Well, then I was on YouTube and I, I searched him. There's his interviews and he's up there speaking. And I listened to this guy. I said, "Jesus Christ!" Oh yeah, this guy's a junior Adolf Hitler. This guy is a nutcase. Have you seen some of the things that his? I think it was his campaign manager was posting. Of him, and obviously they're not the the listening audience isn't going to be able to see what I'm doing here. But he's literally using the the you know the linen forward. You know the the yeah. um you know he he's he's literally I mean he literally looks like Hitler though in those in that cartoon esque picture, and um a lady that's that's friends uh, with me on Facebook put this across and she said well, what is the message they're trying to convey here think about this now this son of a bitch also now uh, and I I have hammered him I it's one of the I'm I will tell my grandchildren if I if God blesses me with enough longevity and and with grandchildren I will tell my grandchildren that I fought against this guy to get him not elected. I, I, I knocked doors. I, I showed people in videos everything I could do. I mean, I don't know if you know about David Woolsey, but the man... I know the name. Okay, well, David Woolsey... <clears throat> and, and folks, this is socialism. This is what they do. They come to you like an angel of light. They're, they're so good, and they're so, they're so, he's, he's an airborne, you know, he's a, he's a sapper, and he's, he's, you know, a major in the army. But all the time, he is the he is the man who crushes not just the free speech of of a of a guy named David Woolsey. Well, I'm sorry, not the, not free speech, but but the employment of a guy named David Woolsey. What happened basically, Marcus, is David Woolsey uh, delivered furniture. He's from Logan County, yeah, up up where uh, Ojeda is from. So right. so. He's on Facebook, and he Facebook lives. Ojeda is going up and down the street in his Jeep, 
and he's, he's, I don't know if you've ever been through Logan County, but the, the curvy roads and everything like that. So here is, here is, uh, here is Ojeda going around these curves, hauling ass, passing on double lines, and all Woolsey does is get on Facebook Live when he sees Ojeda coming back down the road, and he says, he gets a cut, he, he gets it on camera, and he says, this is your, this is your, uh, this is your senator, folks. This is, this is who you voted in, okay? Ojeda sees it. He has a meltdown on Facebook Live. A meltdown. And he admits that he called Woolsey's uh, employer, who I believe he knew. Woolsey gets fired the next Ooh. day. Now, uh, if you haven't heard it, his attorney is very good, and I'm going to try to get his attorney on. I've actually talked to David a couple times yeah. on Facebook, but he can't talk about it right now. Yeah. So, <clears throat> he crushes this man's free speech. Well, he, well he, he, in a way, he crushes his free speech. Yeah. So, <clears throat> he also gets on, and he's, he's pro-Planned Parenthood. Now, Planned Parenthood was founded by a eugenicist, racist, woman. Margaret Sanger, I've got that here on my okay. notes. Okay. So, so, but he's, he's all for her. I send John Williamson to the state fair when Woolsey, I mean, I'm sorry, when Ojeda is there. I'm sorry, Mr. Woolsey, I, I, I didn't mean to cuss you like that, but when Ojeda was, when Ojeda was at the, at the state fair while he was campaigning, John's wearing a Colin Kaepernick hat I'm sorry, a San Francisco 49ers hat, a Kaepernick jersey, and carrying a sign around behind Ojeda saying, I'm tired of people telling me how great America is. <laughs> his, his people try to have John thrown out of the fairgrounds in Lewisburg. And John fights him. He says, no, I've got a damn right to free speech. I can peacefully protest. Yeah. And... He, they had to keep him, but his campaign manager works for the DEP. Okay. Had a bunch of DEP. There was, a, they, they were, there was also a DEP booth right there where Ojeda was, just miraculously. You know, I, I guess just it was a, you know, grace of God type thing. But um, John basically, you know, he fights to stay there. But, I mean, that's what these people do. They're, they're, they're angels of light until... You, you until you cross them, and then the son of a bitches turn around and they want to crush your free speech. Yeah, they they want to you know virtue signal on how great they are and how 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 you know not racist they are, but they back Planned Parenthood. Um, you know they, they it, it just these people are just like the brown shirts in Germany prior to World War Two. That put Hitler in power. I'm glad you mentioned that. The brown shirts. And they went around beating up people and busting windows out and killing people if you dared speak any kind of opposition. You know what happened to me while Trump was running? So that's that's when I got into it. I was a Rand Paul man. And then all of a sudden, I start listening to Trump. And the fake news media had me. They had me because I was like, well, my God, if, if he's not, if he's wanting to crush, you know, keep Muslims out... What can happen to Christians? You know, and, and that's what—that's the way I think. So, but then I start listening, and I realize he wasn't trying to ban Muslims. He was trying to ban certain people from coming in. The from, uh, radical Islam. Yes, 
Yes. Do the background checks on them. Exactly. Don't open the door and let them come in like a flood. Do what we used to do. Do the backgrounds and let it take time for our people to research. Well, we talked, you you mentioned Margaret Sanger earlier. Charles Darwin basically gave us Margaret Sanger. Awesome. Because Margaret Sanger loved the the evolution, the uh, uh, the Darwin's book, and said, you know, only the fit should we need should only the fit should survive. We need to get rid of these minorities and particularly the blacks. And uh, so she went around and started this Planned Parenthood, and she opened these Planned Parenthoods in black communities so black women would abort their black babies. And Adolf Hitler heard about her, and she went to Germany and met with Hitler. Hitler loved her. She went back, and made many trips to Germany to visit Hitler, and he, and he said, "I want to." <laughs> Carry forward what your eugenics program, so we will look. Oh, the Jews are inferior. Yeah, Darwin's right, um, and we need to get rid of these Jews and those that are mentally handicapped and have learning disabilities. We'll start with them, and we'll work our way up to the Jews. And that led to the concentration camps. But Hillary Clinton goes to the microphone, and <clears throat> they give her the Margaret Sanger Award. Yeah. Yep. For her fight for uh, uh, women's rights to abortion and supporting uh, Planned Parenthood all these decades. And she smiles and accepts it. And it's a high point in my life, she said. Margaret Sanger even went so far as to, in some of her writings, encourage, uh, you know, basically, and this is how they also knitted into the church as well, as they, she wanted black preachers to go into what, you know, I guess they used the term Negro at the time, but go into these Negro communities and, you know, any of them that said, hey, you know, I, I don't think I want to be, uh, this was compulsory sterilization. This is like forced vaccination, yeah. sort of, uh, you know, only to the nth degree. So compulsory sterilization. And if somebody said, hey, you know, I, I don't think I, I don't think I want my nuts cut off. I don't think I want to be sterilized or, you know, whatever. Then all of a sudden, you know, you know, her plan was to send preachers in to quell that. I mean, it's 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 insidious. It is absolutely insidious. Satan's behind it all. Hey, absolutely. Well, I've got here. Uh, <laughs> I reckon closing comments because I pretty much covered everything right. that I could think of. And I would say that that if you're going to go out here and teach your children in our schools that they evolved from apes and lower animals and that evolution is true and you remove God from the public schools and prayer and you don't teach them about God, they're going to grow up and say, well, I just evolved from an ape. And, you know, basically you're teaching them secular humanism. And secular humanism is where you remove God and you said, God's not the measure of all things. Man is the measure of all things. What you end up with is generation after generation of secular humanist children whose philosophy in life is, if it feels good, do it. Eat, drink, and be merry today. Tomorrow we might die. And these kids are out here today. There's no heaven. There's no hell. There's no God. There's no judgment. Therefore, I am here so many years and you die. I want to live life to the fullest while I'm here and do as much as I can because when I'm die, when I'm dead, the worms get me. Yeah. And that's the philosophy they have is hedonism, and it's displayed in our rock music today. It's in the movies today. If you want to know the strength of America, look at watch our movies out of Hollywood. What's the message? And listen to the lyrics and the songs today. What's the message? Who owns Hollywood? 
China. Yeah. China has taken it over. China. Do you remember the? You remember actually in '84 is when Red Dawn came out. Yeah, I remember the movie well. Do you remember the remake of Red Dawn? No. Okay. Well, there was a remake of of Red Dawn with Chris Helmsworth in it. Okay, Uh, just a few years back. Okay, China owns China owns so much of Hollywood now. They got a hold of the script. While uh, now this is the Chinese government got a hold of the script. Chinese government runs China. Yes, everything's done by the government. So so China owns all all. I think there's seven major movie houses in in uh, in Cal. You know, in in Hollywood. Yeah. China owns almost all. I believe all seven. And so here's what happened. It wasn't going to be um, the Russians in this new one. It was going to be China invading. China saw that, and, and there, for a long time, you know, the movie was hyped, and then all of a sudden it went quiet, and it was, that they out, the, you know, it was, it was the, the release was pushed back, and it was pushed back, and everybody's like, what's going on? Well, it turned out, China got a hold of the script. They found out that it was going to be China. China said, hell no, that's not what's going to happen. They had to reshoot it that it was North Korea taking over America. Yeah, that was, I saw that. And the Cubans. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the kind of power that China has. And what are they? They're communists. What are they? They're, they're, they're tyrannical. You know, they, 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 if they don't, I mean, literally now, they are under a one world, and that's what's coming here, and that's what they want to do. They're under this, they're, they, you can't go anywhere in China without being seen. And, and that's pretty much here, too. But, yeah. the, but it's different because... Now there's a social score. Now there's if if they don't if if you don't like or if they don't like what you say and I'm friends with you. Yep. Not just your score goes, my score goes. Yep. Thousands of people have been denied access to travel. Yeah. That was on the news last night. Access to purchase. But who sees it? Who knows it? All they want is the next here in America, all we want is the next damn iPhone with biometric sensors. That with the head and the forehand, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the forehead and the hand, you know, your thumbprint, your forehead, your, your, your face, your facial recognition. Yeah. So, but that's another one. Um, so you've kind of ran through everything. I, I think we did a pretty good job. And, and man, I'm, I'm not gay, but I think this is a good bromance here. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I was honored that you would call me and give me this opportunity I told my wife joke when I said, well, when I was a kid growing up, it was always, shut up, Alan, and sit down. <laughs> and I said, as I've gotten older and uh, more knowledgeable about things in life, and I was fortunate. My dad was a very, very wise man, well-educated, and had great wit, but he was extremely intelligent. And I learned from his wit a lot. I was slow learning because I was a smart-ass growing up because I was in a lot of fights. But as I got older and I matured and I seasoned, I look back on my younger life and I thought, God help me if uh, my daughter has any kids that are are like Mark Allen or she marries a guy like me. And uh, she married well and and, uh, my little grandson, I I see Mark Allen in that kid sometimes, (laughs) I worry. But uh, I was honored that you would call me, give me an opportunity because when I I talk about these things, most of my friends, and and I got a lot of friends, I mean, thousands and thousands of friends because I'm a teacher. Right. And I've taught college for years. And, uh, and I've received awards and I'm well known. 
and I'm at the lake. I man, uh, there's so many people at my marina, and <clears throat> I talk politics with them. Mm-hmm. I talk about problems in this country, and a handful of them are up to speed, and they they know, and they're upset too. But so many of them don't care. I'm on. I'm a lot of your people are going to get this. They're going to they're going to see it. You know. And I, Hi, honey. There's uh. You know. The, you know. One thing. This is Sean Pino. Hey, Hi. nice to meet you. Karen nice Allen. Nice what time is it? You all about ready to roll? So, well, she is. I'm like, okay. I got you. Not going somewhere. <laughs> so, Where are you guys going? Oh, uh, it's a secret. <laughs> you know, Jenny. Rummage. I do. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. my, That's our friend. Uh, yeah. Um, I know you have to be related somehow. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Jenny. Uh, Jenny married my cousin. So yeah, or second cousin, I guess. But, Mark. Mark's his second cousin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm going to give this to you. Awesome. Let you have it. But, you know, I mean, one of the things with it is that, and and teachers, I mean, teachers build, and I I think we've kind of laid the groundwork there, teachers build the next generation. Yeah. And, I mean, with you, there's a lot of things, you know, you introduced me to to coding. You introduced me to, um, you know, when we had this solar eclipse last year, you know, last year, you introduced, you showed me, I, 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 I applied that. You know, you poke a hole in a piece of paper, you don't burn your retinas out, yeah. you poke a hole in a piece of paper. <laughs> Unless it's a kid you don't like. Come here, Johnny, look at the sum of this magnifying well, Exactly. Glass. And one of the things that, you know, one of the things that I didn't realize about that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off on a tangent for just a second, but one of the things I didn't realize is that any hole is going to make a, you know, an eclipse. Yeah. And so it was almost surreal during that total eclipse to see the the, the light filtering through the trees making a crescent. And I, but that's that's a whole other story. But but you you showed me that principle, and I applied it still. Yep. You know, people are listening to this podcast today because you laid that foundation. And there's even well, I appreciate that. There's even some things you know that we won't go into, but you know, you actually. You know, you witnessed something happen to me in school, and you said, hey, you pulled me aside and you said, hey, you know what? You're not alone in this. I've got your damn back. Don't let, you know, don't let, uh, you know, a, 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 a powerful administrator within the school bully you. And, you know, I'm not going to go into that, but you you didn't just teach. You you were a guard you know, for, for things. I, I watched out for my kids. In, in, Black, white, I didn't care who you were. I was fair. Right. And I know uh, when I went to Valley, sometimes I had to get on kids. They were bringing drugs into school. They were high. And, well, you're a racist. You know, you don't like black people. I've, I've had people play the race card on me. I didn't appreciate it. But you know what? I just I just let it roll right off of me. I went on and did what I had to do to protect the kids. Right. I always took care of the kids and protected my... I called them my kids. Yeah. And that, that administrator, one day I got into it with him in the office behind a closed door. He said, they're not your damn kids. I said, the hell they're not. Yep. As long as I'm a teacher, these are my children, and I will love and protect these kids, and I won't stand back and let you abuse and hurt them. Well, I mean, you know, I kind of told you my buddy, he's a black guy, and as soon as I said your name, 
he was like, yeah, man, he, he you know, when, when I was a kid, he gave me $25 just for a couple photos. I don't remember doing that because back then, $25, yeah, that's that a, lot of, a money. lot of money. Well, that's, what, and that's what he said. <clears throat> you know, that's what he was getting at, you know, that, that you, you know, you did that. And, and I think it was maybe more just out of the kindness of your heart than, than photo. It know? probably was. I'm just trying to remember. So, I wonder what I did. I'd like to find those pictures. Well, it, it supposedly it, it, it was some type of historical. And, and I'll ask him. I'll, I'll, I might bring him over sometime. We'll, we'll put him on a podcast. But anyway, I want to, in closing here, I don't want to just talk about that. I want to talk about what you do, too. Uh, tell a little people about uh, or tell the people a little bit about the marina, how they can get in touch with you there, what you do. Um, I know that you're getting ready to gear up. Um, yeah, I got. I, I've always wanted to be a scuba diver since I was nine years old, <clears throat> and I saw the very first episode of Sea Hunt with Lloyd Bridges. <laughs> and every day I'd get out of school, I'd run home. I didn't wait for the bus. I ran all the way home so I could catch the next episode. And when I was 12, my dad said, son, I'll never forget the supper table. I said, son, so what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, daddy, I want to be a scuba diver. Oh, son, that's dangerous. He says, that's dangerous. You don't want to do that. And it, it hurt my feelings because I expected my dad to support me. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going off to college, which in itself was a pure miracle that I went. And for the first time in my life, I studied because I had to pay my way through. I said, I ain't wasting this. Right. And I was an honor student. I was on Dean's List. In fact, I was tutoring most of the football team in math and science and English grammar. <laughs> and uh, I, and I, I got into, down to Mount Hope. In the whole college career, I thought about diving. Where can I get certified? I want to dive. And I started teaching down here in 76. In the summer of 79, my neighbor, Bill Drennan's son, Billy Jr., said, let's go to the lake. And we went out to rent a John Boat. I've never been to the marina. There's no signs on 19. Right. I didn't know there was a damn marina there. We rent a John boat and go out in the lake with me, three of us, and we spent the day after swimming and climbing the rocks. I said, my God, this place is beautiful. And I said, what's wrong? I said, I need a mask and a pair of fins. We go to Beckley, and I buy a pair, and the next day we spend the day out there snorkeling. He goes, what the hell's wrong with you? I said, damn it, Billy, I've wanted to dive since I was nine years old. This is the cleanest, clearest water I've ever been in. I want to scuba dive, damn it, and I can't find an instructor. Well, my buddy Cooter in Oak Hill's a diver. I said, let's go back to the marina. I got the payphone and I called this boy, told him who it was. Well, can I come to your house to see your gear right now? Went straight to Oak Hill to this kid's house. I'm looking at the gear. Who teaches this? State Trooper Bob Adams in Somersville. You got his phone number? Can I use your phone? Called him up. He says, well, Mr. Allen, class starts Friday. $75 a person. It takes two weeks. Monday to Friday evening, 6 to 9. I said, there's three of us. I'll see you Monday. Two weeks later, I'm a certified diver, and I ain't been the same since. Started diving on the lake. The dive shop wasn't there. I started helping Sarge at his little garage dive shop. Mm-hmm. He finally took me out and do night dive off his little... I didn't have a boat. I couldn't afford none of that. Mm-hmm. I was selling insurance. I had my money saved up. Bought a full set of gear, one of my own gear. Had that Mach 1 Mustang. And I was driving over the lake three, four days a week, parking it hiking down the hill with my gear and diving in that cove over there behind the dive shop mm-hmm. with my dive flag. And finally, they, he called me and says, I'm putting a dive shop on the lake. We're building docks on that side. You want a boat slip? I said, yeah. He says, I'll get you one right beside my boat. And I got my boat slip. To this day, it's, I still have it. Actually, the business owns it now. Right. I've never left the lake. I started diving out there, got certified, worked my way up to assistant instructor, 
And he said, you want to be an instructor? I said, yes, sir, I do. I went through instructor school, and it was a, it was a hard-ass school. Right. Got my instructorship, and I started teaching diving. Well, we had a drowning mm. on the Golly River. Mm-hmm. And I hiked down that mountain with a tank, an 80 aluminum tank on my shoulder. I hiked all the way down that mountain down the river to find Sarge because he'd been diving since 10 o'clock that morning. It was 3 in the afternoon. I said, he's got to be low on air. Right. Got down there. He said, Marcus is a, a state trooper, Atkins. He says, you get on this rope. He put my gear on. He goes, I'm exhausted and I'm cold. He said, get the hell in there. He goes, that body will be here in this this hole or the very next one. I said, I'm not sure. He said, get on the rope. <laughs> right. I thought, oh, shit. So I go down. We run our patterns. No body. We come out. We hike down the river a little bit further. And the next hole, I swam right into this dead body. We get the rope on him. We pull him out. <clears throat> it upset me inside. Sure. These guys are telling jokes there. There's a man, 28 years old, face down in a foot of water beside me. And they're standing there drinking pop, eating sandwiches, and telling jokes. I got pissed. Right. And I grabbed my tank and said, come on, space man. That's my buddy. I said, we're out of here. And I start hiking. Well, they grab their shit, and they're all following me. Uh-huh. And it's on the radio, or police radio. It's on there. We've got the body. I heard a bunch of teenagers at the top of the mountain over yell, hey, they found the ball. Let's get down and see it. And as they're running down that mountain, I mean running, I told Spaceman, I'm going to trip the first son of a bitch that comes by me. Yeah. God, don't do that. You'll kill him. And as we're going by, I said, yeah, I won't tell you what I said, but I said something nasty to these boys. Right. And they turned and looked at me as they, or they were running. And I said, come on back here and get in my face. I was game. I wanted to fight. Yeah. And they went on down. I got up there and Sarge got me off the side. So I want to explain something to you. He says, don't take it home. Yeah. I said, what? He goes, that was your first one. He goes, that was my 270th one. Mm. He goes, you got to lighten up, socialize, eat and drink. He goes, you'll take it home if you don't. I went home and, and I was mad. And I, I took it out on my wife and daughter. I went to school next day at Mount Hope mad. Because mm-hmm. I remember Jenny Pino was in my class. And I remember her sitting there and I was telling what I'd done the day before. Right. It wasn't long I did my second body. Yeah. And a 12-year-old girl was laying there at the marina crying, cried herself asleep over her daddy. And we're out there looking for his body. It reminded me of my daughter in there. And that got to me. And then I got my third body. Mm. And that time, I got on the boat with the deputies, and I sat down and drank a Coke, and I ate a sandwich with them, and we told some jokes. And then I went home. Mm-hmm. And I didn't take it home with me. Right. <clears throat> and my brother and I and our dive team, we recovered over 50 bodies. And the lakes and rivers, and I've trained law enforcement and EMTs all over West Virginia, clear up Hardy County on down, Logan, Huntington, uh, and Ravenswood. I've I've trained divers for for 28 years now in search and recovery and public safety diving. And every time dispatch break, I got a police radio. And every time that call comes over, and I radio back in, I'm on I'm in route. Two people that, dr- that dr- drowned on that lake were, one was one of my best friends from mm-hmm. Ohio, Tony. I was going to go get my thyroid removed, major surgery, a week a week from then. I just happened to reach down and turn my police radio on, mm-hmm. and I was up in town with my wife. And the call came through, and I, I gunned it, took off. My buddy was behind me, following me. I got down to the lake, and I changed clothes. Excellent response time. Got out there, and I'm gearing up. My daughter was out there, and she came over and whispered to me, and it was dark. I said, Daddy. She said, it's Tony. Mommy just called. I, I said, mm. what? She said, it's Tony. And there were all those people in their boats were tied up in a flotilla. And I kept yelling, Tony, where are you? It was his houseboat. 
He's a diver. He's got gear. Why isn't he helping me look for this body mm-hmm. from this group that fell off a boat or something? I said, get out of my way, Elizabeth. And I rolled off a boat and went in and went and we found him, brought him up. And we had the EMTs on site right there waiting at the boat. Right. And they got the vitals going, got him down to CMAC. But anyway, he died. Right. Donated his organs. Mm-hmm. That hurt. <clears throat> I didn't get to go to his wake the following Saturday because I was in surgery at CMAC to get my, all my thyroid removed. Right. And years later, I did all the underwater repairs at the marina for the owners, several different owners. In return, I got to keep my dive shop building down there free. I didn't have to pay a lease. Right. <clears throat> they said, you got to have somebody 24 hours a day. So we slept in the dive shop at night for years. We'd right. rotate, my brother and I. It ain't easy sleeping in that down there in that I bet. And bet. years rolled by, and finally, we got a night watchman down there, and we paid half of it, and the Marine paid the other half. And I bounced a bunch of people off that dock down there, got smart with me, threatened me over those years. And the Marina, see, uh, the Corps of Engineers, put it up for public bid. They seized property. And I told my brother, we know everything about that place. Let's bid on the Marina. Mm-hmm. 28 people did. Right. They picked our bid as the best business plan. And we got it. Mm-hmm. So now I own Summersville Lake Marina, the largest marina in West Virginia, on the largest state in West Virginia, the number one tourist attraction in West Virginia. And I own the dive shop, Sargent's Dive Shop. I've owned the marina. <clears throat> this is our 15th year. I've owned the dive shop 28. The dive shop is 43 years old this year. Wow. I've owned it all. And, the, and when I got that dive shop, teachers at Mount Hope made fun of me. When I went to Valley, Valley High School, I had teachers lag. Oh, who in their right mind would spend their summers at a dive shop on a lake and not draw a paycheck? Who wouldn't want to live uh, at the you lake? Know, and I said, <laughs> I'm providing an important service. Yeah. When I sell the dive shop, I'll get my money on the back end. Right. Because I have collateral and I've got the only dive shop on the lake with a 20-year core lease, core of engineer lease. Right. They didn't understand what that meant. I mean, I had one lady said, well, what do you mean collateral? And I just looked at her. I said, never mind. Right. It's a teacher. <clears throat> and they made fun of me. I never dreamed the 17th year of that business that my knowledge and skills of the rep- underwater repairs all those years I'd done and my knowledge of the people and how that place and what needed done right. enabled me to write the best business, five-year business plan, and submit it to the Corps and win the bid, <coughs> the bid for the marina. And we got the marina, and it pissed a lot of people off mm-hmm. that these two school teachers got this marina. It changed my finances. And it was, I mean, I've been poor all my life. I've struggled. Right. But I always paid my bills. I never lied. I don't cheat and I don't steal. Right. And I won't slight anybody. But I'll fight by God, you know, for my family and for you and my kids that I taught. I stood up for them. And I got in trouble with a couple of my principals for standing up for my kids behind closed doors. I defended them and stood up for what I knew was right. And I got in a hell of a lot of trouble. And they tried to fire me three times. Right. And I didn't give a shit. Fire me. Fayette County is a small pimple on a big map. And I'm not like the rest of these teachers, those that can do, those that can't teach. Right. I said, I got all kinds <laughs> of skills and knowledge, and I can go anywhere I want. Right. And they couldn't get rid of me. I was like a damn tick on the ass of a bloodhound. I held on. Not that I, but because my summers were free. 
So I got the dive shop, and 17 years later, I got the marina. <coughs> I didn't want to leave the lake because I love it. It's so beautiful down there. I built the businesses up. I'm very successful in business. I'm a, I'm a very good scuba diver, and I can teach diving. I have passion for it. I love being underwater. I love looking at the fish. I love to explore, and I love to train uh, post-military law enforcement and first responders in diving and body recovery because they're the first ones on scene. You don't want to wait around 20 minutes for a state trooper or a diver to show up with a tank. Right. <coughs> so my businesses, God's blessed me. He's blessed my family. He's blessed my businesses. He blessed me as a teacher, and I was a successful teacher. And I can honestly say my kids love me. Majority, 99.9% of my kids were very good to me. Mm-hmm. The one-tenth of 1%, those were the ones that ended up in prison or they ended up on drugs and are dead now or drugs have ruined their lives and now they're wherever they're at, you know. And I did everything I could to help those kids and I was threatened with guns. I had several threaten to kill me mm-hmm. at Valley and I told them, bring your damn gun to school. Why? I said, you better make the first shot count. If you don't, I'm going to tackle your ass. And I'll stick the gun up your ass, and I'll empty the clip. And they didn't want to mess with me, and I took them, to, and they got their 10 days. Right. That's back when we had zero tolerance. Right. And I've told them, you, you take a punch at me. I said, I'm slower now, but i got damn good hand speed. You'll hit me five or six times. But I said, I'll hit you once. Make it my, And uh, your next conscious <laughs> experience will be me on top of you. And I said, and you know the bad part is? I said, 20 years from now, your bros are going to remind you the day old man Allen whooped your ass at Valley High School. Because I didn't care about my job. I'd beat the shit out of one of them. Right. If they assaulted me, I'd defend myself. Well, I mean, you got to defend yourself, especially especially the way that it's it's gone. And, I mean, and it got really bad, you know, with, with the you know teach, violence on teachers and everything. I mean, and, and it's only gotten worse. Um. As far as if anybody's listening, they they want to know more about diving, or they want to come, say, take a a charter, uh, uh, you know, a charter tour with you. I don't it, if if you've never been to Summersville Lake. I mean, West Virginia is. I mean, when the, when they use the tagline "almost heaven," I mean, there's a lot of places that you look, and and it does take your breath away. I'm looking at Long Point, I believe, right now. Yeah, Minnesota. Summersville Lake, Long Point. Um, and if you've never if you've never um, if you've never been to Summersville Lake, Google it. Um, make some plans this year. Come out. Check it out. How do they get in touch with you if they want to do uh, it? If, if you, uh, well, I'm also a photographer. Yeah. So if you go to scenicphotos.com, that's S-C-E-N-I-C-F-O-T-O-S.com, you'll see some of my artwork there. I've got pictures of the lake there, Long Point Cliff and stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm a rather diversified individual when it comes to photography and art. And I've taught Photoshop for years off and on to people. You go there, you can see pictures of it. You can go to Sarges, S-A-R-G-E-S dot net. That's the dive shop website. You can go to Summersville Lake Marina, S-U-M-M-E-R-S, Ville, LakeMarina.com. That's their marina website. If you want to get a hold of me, just simply fire off an email, Mark, M-A-R-K, at Sarges dot net. And I'll get it. And uh, if uh, you want to have some fun with the family, I have a brand new dive boat, 36 feet long, 14 feet wide, pontoon, all aluminum, 
twin engines, state-of-the-art, and we run dinner cruises on Summersville Lake. And if you want to go out and have a dinner cruise, two-hour ride, slow ride, and see the lake, photograph it, and have some fine food, and talk, and socialize, and see a sunset, give the dive shop a call, 304-872-1782, and make your reservations. If you want to rent pontoon boats, call the marina. We have eight brand new ones this year, 304-872-1331. We are pet friendly. If you want to rent Triumph boats, I've got, uh, I lost count, I think three now. They're uh, fiberglass, V-Hull. They're a lot of fun. They're small. We've got kayaks and paddle boards that I rent out at the dive shop. You want to get certified in diving and become a diver? Give us a call. We run classes and beginning scuba during the month of June going into July every year. I have a short season. We're only open five months. Right. So i got to condense everything and do my beginning classes in June, early July, advanced, late July, and public safety diving uh, and search recovery classes You know, late July going into August. So it's a piece of heaven. It is the number one tourist attraction. And you know, I built the businesses up so much now. We're getting people out of Texas in California, Washington, Oregon State. Nice. In the last 10 years, more and more people are coming in from Michigan and Ohio. My gosh, the people in Ohio and Virginia are just bombarding us. And the Carolinas and Kentucky, they're all coming in. Now we're getting them out of New York and Maine and Connecticut. So wow. it's the place to come to visit and stay. And we've got a campground, two campgrounds right there on the lake, plus a dive shop, plus a marina. And we rent the boats out. We have food and T-shirts and just everything. Awesome. Come and go out and do a dinner cruise. Go out and, and go diving with us. We run dive charters and lake tours on our boats. Come and join us. That's awesome. Now, I, I think I just came up with the with the name of this podcast. <laughs> and, and people people uh, probably won't get the joke, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set the stage for just... I mean, oh, I think his, I know. Don't you his, dare. His... his uh, his uh, nickname in school. I knew you was going to was, do that. Was fish. So I think we're going to tag this as the fishy thing about socialism. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, those kids in Mount Hood nicknamed me Fish when I was there. <laughs> then I got rid of the name. <laughs> well, it's back now. It's yeah. back. But uh, Mark, it was really great having you on. We've 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 kind of talked behind the scenes, and we've got some other things that are coming up that not just not just political, but. Uh, some really cool things that we're we're going to record some other episodes on uh, outside of the the political spectrum, but uh, more uh, more along uh, you know some some theory on did we make it to the moon, some theory on uh, you know what's there, what's there, some theory on what's on Mars, yeah, and some theory on what's here on Earth that is also on Mars that you can see. Um, you know, and the prophetic times that we live in right now. Absolutely. Prophecy in the end times, what's absolutely. happening. So there's going to be some things uh, coming up. If you love this show, you're, you're, you are going to be blown away from the rest. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on, man. And, uh, it well, was I a hope good. your listeners enjoy it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. We put it in the books, man. Well, I had fun doing Me too, man. So everybody, thank you for listening. This is the Powder Monkey Podcast, and I am the captain. And... Um, Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Purple shrines on our head. Fina Barber Tom makes us dead.
for God, for country, for truth, for justice, for the Republic. You're listening to the Powder Monkey Podcast on PirateInfoWars.com.